This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 59 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horus Heresy 30K podcast. I got my two co-hosts here, Mr. Ryan Kimmel. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, everybody? And Mr. Scott Switzer. Go and say what's going on, Scott. Hello, fuckers. So, we've... Uh, I always say this every episode, but I feel like we actually have a really, really fun episode for you boys because uh, there was a lot that went down at the polls. I mean, this was like kind of one of those uh, uh, like true American like democracy kind of things where you got to go out and you got to vote, and uh, we have all the answers for you guys. I guess it doesn't have anything to do with democracy now. I think about it because you're not voting for something; you're just telling us it's like a a survey. So just scratch that entire part. So, what do we have for the, in store for this episode for you guys? We've got our normal intro that we're going to go over. We've got some hobby progress that we're going to talk about. We have three voicemails that we're going to go and let you guys hear. And as once again, if uh, you you know we'll get to the number later on because I don't think you're going to remember it at this point. It wouldn't matter even if you did call in now. Uh, so we're going to go over some voicemails from uh, you you listeners out there. Then we're going to go over some poll results. Over a survey that we released uh, out to the public, it got quite a few, few responses, and uh, we saw a significant change in the amount of armies, or what type of armies people play. So get ready to hear. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, then Scott's got a 3,000-point Alpha Legion Coils of the Hydra list that he's going to be going over. And then uh, Mr. Ryan's got a 3,500-point uh, 3, Wartscar Shigori Brotherhood list a 3,000-point Blood Angels Armored Breakthrough list, and he's going to round it out with another 2,500-point Alpha Legion Jet Bike Sky Hunter Phalanx list. So I feel like the the amount, the lists that we do are, are in line with the polls, I feel, at this point, now that, now that I'm looking at things. Alpha <laughs> Legion? Yeah, yes. It is right. <laughs> a lot of those out there. Just a bunch of Alpha Legion. So, anyway, guys. We've infiltrated deeply, apparently. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for real. So, Ryan, man, how's your week been going, buddy? How's life treating you over there with your, with your new Dark Age podcast and all? <laughs> uh, pretty good. Uh, people have responded well to that. They seem to really like the first episode. So, uh, it's been good. Why don't you shout um, that out super early on? Oh, okay. So I do a secondary podcast now uh, called Echoes of Samaria. It's spelled S-A-M... Oh, God damn it. It's hard to spell in your head. S-A-M-A-R-I-A. Samaria. Echoes of Samaria. So anyway, uh, yeah, I do that with uh, two of our local club guys, Jacob Clark and Chris Duncan. Scott knows both those guys as well. We, play, we all play 30K together, and uh, they started... Chris started uh, 
with Dark Age, with me originally, we saw it at Adepticon. He bought into it there. And then when I brought it back and we played a couple demo games, uh, Jacob jumped in. And then we got a couple other club guys that are playing too. So we did a podcast that's basically like three noobs that are just now getting into the game. Like we're all very veteran gamers, but we're all very new to Dark Age. It's like every show that we do is supposed to be like another step along our journey where people can follow along with us and find out the new shit we discovered. And that veteran players can laugh at us because we'll be like, you know, we don't think this thing's any good. And then obviously it's probably like the best thing in the game. It's just we're using it wrong or whatever. And then we can get a bunch of hate on how we're idiots. (laughs) So badass. I I love it. I love how like like you too could come along this journey with Mr. Kimmel and Mr. Duncan and build up your Dark Age army and learn together and buy the wrong models together. Yep. That's kind of the idea. Plus you get to Oh, Mr. Jordan's watching from the beach. That's pretty cool. Wow. So for all y'all listening out there right now. We have uh, some sweet Patreon supporters out there that we live stream this this whole podcast right now that we're doing. We do it over Skype. We live stream this to the Patreon supporters so they can watch it head on. And uh, Mr. Jordan, one of our Patreon supporters, is watching while at the beach. Man, look at that beautiful ocean. You can also go back and watch all the old ones, too. Like, it's on the Facebook page. And the cool thing about it is there's often times we'll talk like for an hour before you know sometimes even longer than that and then a little bit after the show too so you get some extra content that you can always listen to or watch it's like the plus extension from mysterious universe <laughs> where you uh you get to watch a little bit more story last week all of our users got extended story time which was pretty cool <laughs> because yeah. that story was fucking terrible <laughs> i was telling my dad about that <laughs> are you talking about the the fucking dead people in the river. <laughs> well, it was a it was a follow up on the dead people in the river. Like it was a job worse than the dead Chris people Duncan, in the river. Chris Duncan told a story because remember we we talked about we had a guy that had a worse job than that. So Chris, after you left, Chris came back here and told a story about one of his friends what his job is. Oh, nice. So, guys, if you think you have the worst job or have seen known somebody that has the absolute worst job in the world. Go ahead and call in and leave us a little voicemail at 209-RFI-30K0. And uh, we'll definitely play that. I'm, I'm definitely interested in hearing worse jobs than that that we can send micro to. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> go send micro to go find dead bodies at the bottom of the Ohio River. That's so fucked up. <laughs> my, uh, I was talking to my uncle about that story this weekend. Uh, uh, you know, about you know finding dead bodies. And uh, he used to be a in, I guess the second armored cav or something like that. He was a tanker back in the uh, Desert Storm days. And uh, apparently they had him working to secure the border over in like Mexico, kind of like the Mexico Texas border. They were supposed to secure the border at some point, and they would find dead bodies in the water. And whenever they try and pull them out, if they were in there too long. He said they'd come apart like baked chicken. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I was like, thanks, yeah. Uncle. Like, that really that really made my day a lot better. <laughs> like, I needed to... It's like, real <laughs> around the border, man. I mean, you, you live down there kind of near, like, Eagle Pass and stuff, right? 
Uh, I'm about three hours away, but I work down there quite a bit. And it's one of those things where if you're going to go out and drink or if you're going to go party after work, instead of go straight to the hotel room, you're going to want to take a buddy. <laughs> or you're going to... You're going to want to <laughs> have somebody know where you're at. <laughs> I fucking, um, in Afghanistan, there were these uh, contractors that were attached to us from the Border Patrol who worked at Eagle Pass and like the Laredo Corridor, and they told some pretty wild stories about it down there, man. Sounds like a good place to wind up in a bathtub full of ice with a kidney <laughs> missing, so... <laughs> Yeah, definitely the like Nuevo Laredo area. Like we work in Laredo quite a bit as well, and I mean it's not like we you know we only see the like oil field side of it. We don't see like the deep dark underbelly of the, the city or anything like that. But you can definitely tell that like some people go missing down there. Uh, you could sit there and watch yeah. the news in your hotel room and just get reminded why you went and picked up Subway and didn't go to a restaurant. Like it's pretty quick. so getting back on topic so yeah i've been uh working a little bit on the dark age stuff i painted some more models for dark age i got these in i showed michael these the other day because we were working on my microphone um these models here i'm going to build some gorgons from my militia army out of these so it's a mark four female tank yeah basically it's the tank that you drive in battlefield one it's a land ship yeah. from battlefield so i'm taking i'm gonna take two of those and put the center holes in. if you imagine this with no take two of those hole pieces and glue them together so the hole will be twice as wide and then put the then put the tracks on the outside like normal and then build a little platform on top near the back like a little platform thing and then put some turrets up there to represent the guns that are higher up on the back of the gorgon and then in the front uh i'll build a ramp like a land raider type ramp and then the sponsons on the side of this thing if you look um where's a good picture of it if you look you can the sponsons are already facing forward and backwards so I'll just replace the machine guns there and the sponsons with live and it'll be just like an organ. Does it come with those uh, badass like skull and crossbones decals and shit like that? Or do you have decals? Yep, or decals? it does. Did it come with decals? Yep. Got a bunch of them. Yep. That's Here's badass. the sheet right here. Hang on. The only thing I'm worried about is the tracks are rubber. I've never had to paint like rubber tracks before. See the tracks? They're rubber. So I don't know how that's going to take paint. Nothing a good old base coat of primer won't fix. Yeah, here's the here's the the knuckles. The skull and crossbones are on there somewhere. I think back in the day, the tracks on the original Chimeras used to be rubber too. Well, no fact. I think I remember that. Maybe I'm just fucking having a. I used to go down to the hobby store and buy just tanks and they had rubber tracks, but I never remember painting them. I always painted the tank and then just stretched the track over and left them black. What's the what's the quality on this plastics like on some of those historical models? This? Yeah. Um, 
I think it's good. A different type of plastic, but I, mean, I don't know if you can see this or not. You can see all the little rivets and shit on it. It looks legit like to it's, me. It's, uh, it always struck me as like diff- display pa- plastic and not so much playing plastic. Like, that's what I, I mean. It can't be more brittle than resin, I'm sure, but it always seemed like it was always just a bit bit more brittle than the Games Workshop kits that were like for playing. Yeah, maybe. So you can see that that's how long a track side is when you put it together. Oh, did that piece already so. break? Oh. oh. No, 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 no. It's, oh, okay. it's on the screw still. Yeah, you're definitely going so to have to measure- one of those. One of those new battle foam magnetic little things to hold. I don't see foam really keeping that too safe. You don't think so? I think it'd be fine. My man, every bit. It'll be it'll hold together by Ryan's sheer will, I feel like. It'll be saved <laughs> by your sheer force of will. These are what I'm just talking about, these little fucking fiddly Dark Age models. Yeah. Like I'll just figure something out for these things. That's not gonna that's just not gonna work. Does Battlefoam make a magnetic like screen tray now? Something similar. I think to so. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, if you want actually, that you have to go to the table war. They uh they actually just uh just at open the uh what do you call it for it? The let me see what it's called. It is called the Battle Foam Magnarax. And they just started the pre order for oh, it so they are good. Friday. Yeah. Son of a bitch. They announced whoa, it. Whoa, whoa. They, they announced it at Adepticon, but they're just now doing the uh, the pre-orders for it. So that's for the 1520, the Molly Magnarack. Or, I'm sorry, 1520 Oh, okay, Molly. so you stick them on there and then you stick them in your 1520. I get it. Yeah. So. Pretty fancy, nice, man. man. This item is currently out of stock. The only problem with that is I still don't, I don't know how you would ever take, and that's not, I'm not crapping on battle foam like any magnetic case. I don't know how you would ever put that on a plane. I've heard of people like I think this would really only be functional for like smaller game systems like War Machine or something like that but using those table war cases that look approximately in scale with like a Battle Foam uh, 216 like the little yep. go packs it could just because it can slide under like the seat in front of you but I think it needs to take well that's like, like you might take my Dark Age shit because you only need like 12 models total like yep. my entire 750-point army with sideboard that I would take to, like, a tournament or whatever, I think's nine models, nine or ten models. So yeah. I could put that, like you said, that would literally all fit in one tray. And I could just carry, carry it on the plane with me. Dude, transportation options for armies is the shit that keeps me awake at night. It is fucking so stressful. And especially, like, if you're trying to fly, like, inter, like internationally, I get it board you know overseas and all that because the thing you want to do is be the dumbass american of hammer world with your stuff looking like fucking kindergarten while everybody else is at grad school so yeah <laughs> i mean you're already at the, the disadvantage other thing I- <laughs> like for painting wise from yeah those, from those people right. in the uk so because they got mka on their side um 
The only other thing I did is I started that uh, drop pod for the Nova uh, Charity Army. What a gentleman. So I'm doing the doing Dreadnought drop pod for them. Uh, I painted it up uh, airbrushed-wise, and then I started actually brush painting it last night when I got called into work. And me and Scott were, uh, teasing, were making fun of the color because it reminds us of, like, <laughs> Rick, what'd you call it? Rick Flair's SummerSlam. Oh yeah, it's it's color. The same color as Rick Flair's tweets from SummerSlam nineteen. <laughs> it's like that teal blue color, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Flair's eighty seven awesome. SummerSlam tights. I, I, I don't know what color this really was. <laughs> what are you doing on Michael? So I've got all of my Alpha Legion. I've got 10 HUD Hunters veterans assembled and ready to go for paint. And uh, they've got their first layer of steel on them with no arms. But instead of using the Tamiya colors, which I was pretty set on going, David, Mr. David Sampson over Black Label Painting, uh, he has a different recipe, which is basically some MIG green over the steel and then followed over by some Createx blue. And so I ordered both of that on Wednesday, and that didn't come in on Saturday like I was hoping it was going to. So I'm not going to use a Tamiya. Mm -hmm. I guess I could, but he uh, he recommended against it, I guess like everybody does with the whole fumes situation going on with the Alpha Legion. Uh, and yep. I don't know if you've seen some of the new Alpha Legion that he's been pumping out. It's a darker blue instead of the kind of tealish. And he's just been fucking killing it. So I was like, you know what? I'll go with the David Sampson color. I like it. So I'm assembled, ready to go. And here's a here's a here's a little tip that I gave the Patreon chat, but I may as well give you guys as well, which I'm pretty sure y'all knew it. Uh, so it turns out that if you soak a Badger 105 in acetone overnight until all the acetone dries up, because you forgot about it. Uh, then the the seals on the like pressure regulator where the tip hits, like where the where the the little gun mm. spring is, they will uh, the seals will inflate, causing no air to come through. And I was like, oh fuck, I guess I got to mm. order a new badger because I fucked this motherfucker up. And I was like, oh well, I broke it. And then uh, I go online. And start looking through to see if this happened to anybody else. Maybe it's a part I can reorder. It turns out all you got to do is wait for those seals to dry. And they'll recompress back to their normal size and will not be fucked up anymore. I was like, okay, I'll give it a day. Let it dry. Sure enough, man, they came right back to where they were supposed to. And we're right back to normal. So, man, there was this guy on there. Because, like, of course, everybody's going to talk shit about it. Or say, oh, you dumbass, you fucking ruined the seals, you ate the seals up and all this stuff. Because basically some guy did the same thing I did, except he didn't have the, uh, um, I don't know, I guess I guess he, he blatantly posted about it instead of went and researching it. So he's like, hey guys, I did this and I fuck up. The Everybody called him a dumbass. This is a chance to kick you while you're down. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... So, uh, so of course, you know, he got his ass reamed and then finally somebody came in and was like, Ah, no, man, I do this all the fucking time. Like, this is not... 
He said the uh, I. He's like. I work for Badger. All of the seals that are in the Badger are 100% soluble safe. So he said, you can soak it in for as long as you want. He's like, but you're going to have to wait for those seals to dry in order for it to be working again. And he said, you're completely fine. He goes, I've been doing this with all my airbrush for the past 10 years. So I was like, nice. I was like, and I got to learn that through just a simple Google foo and didn't have to go get my ass reamed by internet strangers for a long time. I was like, this works out just fine. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I painted that steel, and I just so happened to, like, start having acetone in my garage. And uh, I was like, oh, I'll clean my airbrush legit, which it did clean the fuck out of my airbrush. I'll be honest on that one. It, my airbrush did get the cleaning of a lifetime, but uh scared the shit out of me thinking I broke my badger. Hmm. Oh, I also got these in Blood and Skull tur or uh, Sponsons. Uh, I know you can't see them. Anyway, All right. All right. they're Sponsons. They're for uh, I'm gonna convert up some Proteuses out of some Ramshackle uh, Ramshackle Games uh, Reebok Insports. I ordered those, and then I ordered some Sponsons to do all that. And then um, David Robinson, one of our patron guys, sent me a bunch of Krieg guys too. So I got another set of the. Creed Grenadiers, a couple of command squads, and a couple characters that he sent me. Just to be nice. So thank you, David. Forgot about that stuff. Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that happened as well that I forgot about. So David Stanford, the Fabricator General, sent me two Sickerins. I mean, John Stanford. John Stanford. What did I say? David Stanford? Yeah. Did I say David? My bad. John. Yeah. John Stanford. Fabricator General sent me two Sickerins to convert up the uh, the the fabled transport Sikarin. So <laughs> and as well, uh, it just happened that John Christensen had some Demos Rhino doors lying around as well to make this uh, Sikarin <laughs> happen. So like. So all the pieces are in place to form Voltron. It just needs to be created. Like I don't like this. This could happen. Like you're really going down this rabbit hole again, aren't you? Yeah, this is exactly what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, there, it's like all everything's here. Everything's here on the table. The only thing I don't have is the uh, uh, the Volkite for the Dreadnoughts. But I figure I can just go ahead and pick those up because. Uh, Everything else just kind of fell into place perfectly. So, yeah, man. I'm really going to have to uh, sit back and have some discussions on how these Sakaras need to be cut on the table saw before we before we get into it. So, Hey, there's a guy on Facebook who sculpts his own models a lot. Uh, it's the Forge Master, I think is his name. If you, yeah. I bet if you PM that, you would have some kind of a... Uh, some like good feedback on how to go out this thing. You know that guy's a brain surgeon. He's a neurosurgeon. It makes sense because it's like the stuff he makes is a lot. Looking at a ultramarine rare consider he's called, and it looks fantastic. Like it's, it's something else, you know. It's not something some hillbilly made in his basement like me. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I've seen him do some 
some wild things with it. Like the, he does the, he's called the Forge Master, guys. He's on Facebook. If you want to go give him a checkout, basically he takes a Dremel to really nice models. He's how I got the idea for the uh, Chaplin Leviathan that I made, and he, I mean, he basically just takes really expensive models, cuts them down, and takes like very specific parts from them and puts it on other models. And it's it's just bonkers, man. God bless him. All with a Dremel. He just goes to town with a Dremel. He's a neurosurgeon, so he has tutorials as well. And he, like, on his tutorials, I think it's like how to convert models like a fucking neurosurgeon. I think it's exactly how it. I didn't think the word fucking's in there. So. <laughs> that should be. So, yeah. So, yeah, what'd you that's do, where I'm at. Scott? Uh, been pretty busy, man. Um, I finished up that Space Wolves commission I was doing for our friend Jay in uh, the Indiana 30K group. Um, I post pictures typically on the High Horse podcast. Uh, it's a gray and red scheme. If anybody wants to check it out, it shouldn't be too hard to find. But uh, that was two Anvilists, a Charybdis, and a Sikrin. So not not a lot of stuff, but some bigger, nicer models for uh, for the army. Um, I actually used uh, for the first time on that commission the the oil wash method, where you uh, you mix your own washes out of you know standard oil paints and mineral spirits. That came out really well. Um, I. I usually just use like acrylic washes, you know, you can buy off the shelf at uh, Games Workshop or whatever. And um, I mean, I, they're fine. They're, they're quality. They're good. But they do have the issue of being really messy. And if you make a mistake or it's anywhere on your coat that you don't notice immediately, it'll stain really bad. And then it's really hard to, to touch that up. Um, I, you don't have that issue at all with those oil washes, really, uh, simply because you like once you're done painting the model and you've, you know, you've done not your edge highlights yet, but your regular base coats, uh, you just gloss coat it with whatever, you know, gloss coat you have handy. I use like pledge floor finish, just get from Walmart, spray it on there, spray it through an airplane, let it dry. And then you can put the mineral spirits like mixed wash over it. And it goes exactly where, you know, you want washes to go into the recesses around the rivets, all that stuff. And pretty easy to clean up, too. Once it dries, just take, like, a clean brush with mineral spirits and um, go over the model wherever wherever wash is that you didn't want it to be. Clean it right off. Uh, Mark Rayleigh from the Adepticon Horse Heresy Group actually gave me uh, some pretty good feedback and instructions on how to do that. So if anybody anybody wants to kind of get in on that i'm sure there's tutorials on youtube you know look it up it's a really good method um so i'll fix that and i'm back to paying my own shit right now i'm working on a for patreon dudes two medusa slash basilisks for my solar ox um comes with both canon options so i just magnetize them once they're done i'll throw uh i'll throw some finished picks up on on the iHorror podcast if you listen to us you probably listen to them so we will I've done hopefully in the next week or so. I think it's probably what it'll take. Uh, other than that, man, about it. How about you guys? I'm, I'm kind of curious on that oil wash method you're talking about. Is it as simple as just like getting some oil mixed up with some uh, some 
what mineral spirits like do you like do a pre-mix and then just like go boop 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 on all the rivets or well, what i did was um like oil paint you can buy at here probably even walmart i would imagine um i buy the windsor newton brand i mean it's not it's not expensive it's maybe like four dollars a tube i bought the translucent pack and you just put you know get a get a pallet coat it with some aluminum foil like a pallet with a recess in it because it's going to be runny so you don't want it to go all over the place and make a mess but uh put a little bit of oil paint maybe like finger fingernail uh mouth the size of your fingernail and then i would say it's like a like a one to four ratio one to five of that mixed with i would get the odorless mineral spirits you buy at a hobby store as opposed to the shit you buy at a like a hardware store because that's gonna smell like ass and really make painting whenever you're painting mineral to be around but um yeah just get some odorless mineral mineral spirits and just mix it up like a one to five ratio you can probably find the exact recipe online i'm sure but um the thing that strikes me about that that method is being so useful is how cost effective it is because the amount that i bought uh like the one to the mineral spirits bottle in the pledge finish stuff i spray through my airbrush for my gloss coat that's probably like 15 bucks and i can't imagine that i will ever pay enough miniatures in my lifetime to use it all so that's a whole lot more uh i guess user friendly than buying you know those fucking tall acrylic wash bottles that are super spill worthy <laughs> from games cost like 14 dollars a pop so you know very true there's a whole like uh, Instagram dedicated to people's pictures of the <laughs> spilling those uh, spilling those those little bottles yep. of washes. That's what that's what fifteen bucks a fat looks like right there. I don't think they don't know <laughs> how easy those are to spill. So, like I can imagine like the the business meeting where they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and make a tall boy version of it." It's like, well, sir, the reason why they're high, the height that they are is because it's anti-spill proof. Do I look like I care? <laughs> like, yeah. make the bigger bottles. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like a... I mean, I've seen at least 30 of those people. Like, I've done it myself. I've spilled the shit out of the, those little bottles. But, yeah. People are really good at spilling them. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, um. There you have it. So, so that's a really good method. Yeah, it's nothing new. Like it's nothing that I'm like, like revolutionarily discovering. I'm sure it's, if you're a if like a historical scale modeler or anything like that, you're probably like, yeah, dude, thanks, thanks for the fucking tip. I already know, but it's new to me, and I'm super glad I know it now. So, so somebody out there is taking this exact advice from you that you got. You spread. The hobby love. Goddamn right. So do. Badass. I'm glad. I'm glad that that's 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 made it out there. I'm glad you, you listeners right now got to hear that. We need a PhD update. Where's he at? You didn't tell our listeners. Uh, so everybody missing Derek right now, <laughs> or PhD as Ryan lovingly calls him now. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, he has been running late, 
and is a few hours out of town. So we don't have the full update on what's going on, but uh, I will fill in for his hobby progress. On So Derek has painted an entire Death Guard army, 2,500 points, um, and it is mostly a... Uh, arm uh, a jump vanguard army, so it's all it's all assault troops, so it's all assault marines. Um, he included a number of land raider Proteus inside there, as well as well as uh, recon marines. So it's a pretty nice army. He'll have pictures of it for you guys uh, by the end of the week to show off. Uh, anything else you that he told you he was doing, Ryan? No, he didn't tell me shit. This is all new to me that he's doing a Death Guard army. <laughs> yeah, he also got you, a... You win trader, huh? Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm totally bullshitting. He didn't get any of that. I was hoping to like make him like, what the fuck are they talking about? And at the end of the week, uh, people oh. are expecting these pictures. And... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like a Death Guard... <laughs> Well, I, like I was thinking in my head, I'm like, well, was he? Is he trying to like never win a game? He's got Proteus <laughs> Land Raiders, Recon Marines, and Assault Marines all in one army. I'm like, allergic to winning. Is that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. He's also wearing. That's more that. fun than getting shit kicked out of you mercilessly. <laughs> <laughs> all those units can work, but not together and not all in the same list. <laughs> Of course, somebody's going to send you that exact list now. I'm like, Ryan, make this work. <laughs> I'll make it work. I'll just throw it away and start it over with something else. That's how you make it work. Or I'll say, I'll say, pick one of these things, and we'll build a list around one of these things. Build me. Never mind, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> We've already made too much fun of it. Anyway. Okay, so that sounds like hobby progress for everybody, huh? That sounds like uh, everybody's got their... Everybody knows what everybody else is doing right now, so hopefully you out there, the listener, has their own hobby progress. If you want to let us know what hobby progress you're working on, you can call us at 209-RFI-30K0 or send us an email at michael at warhammer30k.com, ryan at warhammer30k.com, scott at warhammer30k.com, or derek at warhammer30k.com. And... uh you know, you can you can put on your little voice recorder application. You can record yourself if you if you're an international listener, or if you don't, if you have an extra long story, you can send it to our voicemail, which we're about to play. So, you boys ready for some voicemail time? I'm Stay ready. Oh, fucking Coxman called in with some awesome sexual conquest experience this weekend. <laughs> I saw that his name got changed in the Patreon chat to Sir Coxman. <laughs> I was dying at work, dude. I was like, fuck. Well, yeah. The other funny one was uh, uh, Easy Fish, the guy that always comments on our SoundCloud. Yeah. He put a he, he put a nickname in there for him, too, on the SoundCloud comments. Did you see that? No, what do you say? Oh, fuck, I don't know. You'll have to look it up real quick. While you're doing that, uh, I did remember when we talked about uh, that armored train and stuff that I ordered. All that stuff came in, too. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, you look up Sir Coxman's new nickname. 
and I'll go ahead and push force with his voicemail. Okay. Easy fish. It up. Easy fish is so good at leaving leaving comments on SoundCloud. I love it. Thank you, Easy Fish. Every you're listening, you're definitely listening right now because you've left a comment to on every single SoundCloud episode that we've dropped. Like you've left a comment on there, so I know you're listening right now. I appreciate every single comment you put up. If you could put a little smiley face on this exact spot, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Easy Fish. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, here's the force voicemail. Let's go and see what we got. Song. I'm going to come out to Cowboy by Kid Rock because as white trash as you can get. <laughs> Finger guns all the way to the table. By the way, Michael, what have you done to get Sith Camp going this week? <laughs> all right, cool. So he's going to come out to Cowboy by Kid Rock. And to answer your second question, we're going to have to go back to the Cowboy and Kid Rock discussion because... That's a very appropriate song, but uh, on the topic of Stiff Camp, we did I did make some progress on Stiff Camp this week. Uh, so I found out that Max, we're looking at at the camp that I was looking at, Camp Aranzanzu, is 135 beds. This is what we can fit in, uh, and so I was supposed to have a walkthrough this Saturday, this past Saturday, with somebody from the camp. However. Uh, Virginia over at Camp Aranzanzu let me know that there was too many people out sick to walk me around the camp, but she would like to schedule it for this weekend coming up. So I am ready to get you guys some pictures for the camp so we can start working towards it. Like 135, Ryan, like that would leave like basically like if we were to leave 15 slots for staff, okay? So let's say like there's like 15 of us that are like on the the inner 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 circle versus just the normal inner inner circle that are helping to run the event and everything like that. So we'll do like 15 spots for staff. That would leave spots for 120 guests to go for this three day camp. That sounds like something that we could do. Do you think? That's a lot of people, but I mean, you guys sold stiff out in like 24 hours, right? And then you had to add more spots. Yep. So, I mean, you figure this is going to be a multi-day event. I mean, to me, like something like this, I mean, who couldn't get pumped for that? I mean, when you look at everything that's going to be there and everything to do and that it's like centered all the way around heresy and it's multiple days with all kinds of different activities, like it would be the, in my opinion, it'd be like the premier pentacle of 30K gaming in the U.S., Fair enough. You have, again, talked me into it. <laughs> I mean, because you're talking, it's going to be 20, it'd be 24 hours. Like, it's not, like at Adepticon, it's cool. Like, you go and the Grand Legion guys put on a great event and all that, but you play in this structured event. Like, if you want to play, there's only three spots and you're playing in a structured thing, which we would have that, but we'd also just have open gaming and you're going to be, you're going to be there and you'll be able to do what you want for 24 hours around the clock, but it's all centered around heresy. Yeah, it'll be fucking dope. And they'll have food and waiters, and it'll... Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be hey, great. Why so, was everybody sick at the camp? That's funny, you know. <laughs> Is there, like, legionary know. disease in the fucking water there or something? 
Is that what's going on? Hey, we're trying to sell this thing to 120 people, Scott. Let's not talk about. <laughs> I'm the last person. It should be yeah. about this. Dude, yeah, Scott, every fucking scenario. Well, first off, okay, hang on. Before I get to Scott, the the comment that he said he should be called the pork swordsman. The pork swordsman. Pork swordsman. Yes. Great. <laughs> okay. So so we, we straighten that out. So now getting back to Scott. So I've known Scott for what, about two years now? Yeah, something like that. And every time we go to do anything, no matter what scenario you can come up with that's seemingly safe, Scott's always like, what if this happens? And then lays out some like fucking in-the-days dire fucking scenario. <laughs> I'm a real Debbie Downer. So yeah, we went to fucking, we went to some event in Michigan and we're like, where's the event at? And I think it was in Flint. And this this guy pulled up crime statistics and was like, "Oh, they're number three in this. Uh, to watch out because this happened like murders per capita. And like, who the fuck, Scott? Like, we're gonna go play heresy. Like, we're not plugged into the criminal underbelly. The odds of us just getting shot at well, the fuck maybe you're not. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Scott's like, I got needs, son. I got needs that need to be met. Makes me something out of that neck of the woods, so. I- <laughs> Got a real camera. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so fucked up. Why is everybody sick? Scott's the whistleblower of the fucking camp. <laughs> Just shutting it down early. Hold on. Legionary Let's get to the camp on Iwana. I'm fucking leaking info. <laughs> it's gonna be some like some infomercial. If you attended Camp Heresy 2017, <laughs> class acted fucking English chaser commercial. Oh fuck! Oh man! All right, so backtracking a lot. So, how do you feel about this man's choice in walk-in music? How do you? For those of y'all that don't what? know. He said, like he said in the voicemail, his choice would be Cowboy by Kid Rock. That sounds like the type of stage music they play at a strip club where all the chicks have C-section scars. So, man, I believe I've heard that one a few times. So, <laughs> Yep. That's it. <laughs> just in a cowboy hat, just, just pointing at people ah, in their faces. <laughs> right there. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's two ways to make money. It's one way is by and other way is by the sympathy of your supposed patron. <laughs> is that like the Blood Hell Gang song? Lap dance is always better when the strippers cry. <laughs> <laughs> Work your oh. own nursing school, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine. Like, could you? Um, okay, so I think we've kind of understood at this point that Americans as a whole are a little bit more garish than our UK counterparts. I think we've all Or-ish, just say <laughs> <laughs> we're just a little bit, a little bit more uh, rude. So, could you imagine? The okay, let's say in this grand scheme, depends, where that's dependent because they have like fucking soccer riots and shit where they like 
light policemen on fire. <laughs> yeah, and you watch their little fucking Senate thing, the House of Lords shit, where they like insult each other's moms and shit and throw chairs at each other. Like that doesn't happen on rear. <laughs> so your mother was bucktooth whore. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Damn, you man. can fucking pull that up. There's Mama. YouTube videos of that shit. <laughs> so what I was thinking before, you know, before you guys immediately corrected me on how much worse <laughs> the UK. <laughs> so I'm thinking like in this in this world that the Coxman has made in my mind where Warhammer Horus Heresy as is as popular as like the NFL or in their in their land FIFA. You know, it's as massive as these, you know, grand sporting networks. Uh could you imagine like I would I would think that the like Super Bowl of Horus Heresy would be held at Warhammer World. Right? I think it would, right, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. So I don't know until we took it over. I mean that much money getting thrown around, America's eventually gonna get a hold of it, but let's just say that just out of respect it's being held at Warhammer World. But I imagine that they the players themselves are mostly going to be British. Like, like there's going to be like a lot of British players. And immediately I try and think to myself, like we need, we need Ben, we need Ben to call in and tell us what song he would be walking into. We need some British individuals like Alistair and all them to let us know what song are they coming on stage to? Because every song that we've, had come up are like a real Americana like music immediately like you got Kid Rock Cowboy like you've got just straight up what I would imagine American would come on stage with so we I need we need something from you British guys like let us know what you're coming on Robbie Williams or something (laughs) (laughs) some the theme song to Downton Abbey or some shit like what like <laughs> I gotta pull that up real quick. So this is what Ryan says. Y'all come on stage to. He just said it. Y'all heard it. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> That's what I had that mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know. It's a powder it's like, oh, wig on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow. I like that Scott. Beautiful. I like that Scott thinks that we're still like in the War of eighteen twelve with Britain. <laughs> <laughs> you do know we have a British guy in our game club, Scott. He's just like us. Yeah. Just like us. <laughs> yeah. Tell tell yeah. Uh, uh tell Dave. Tell Perpetual Painting Dave. He needs to. Pick a song for his uh, his walk in song because I'm legitimately curious what kind of music they're walking into. They could uh, play Madness, our house in the middle of our street, or our house, or Welcome to the House of Fun by Madness. We'll see. We'll see what they'll call in. I mean, we've insulted them as much as we can <laughs> during this episode, so <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> So we'll move on from that. Good choice. Kid Rock Cowboy. Easily the most American song I think you could you could you could pick. Besides maybe that one uh 
that one country song. Uh, I'm proud to be an American. That's yeah. That was that was the one I was thinking of. <laughs> and I'm proud to be not a tear would like not a freedom tear would not fall in that stadium. Not a dry eye in that house. <laughs> hey, call us fucking plebs, by the way. Just tells us you're fucking plebs. Yeah. Whenever he insults us. <laughs> the pleb plenty of times. All right. Takes off his Mickey Mouse gloves and slaps them across your face. Challenges you to a duel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, people from Kentucky are not exactly their forward-thinking and sociological insights. So yeah, you get the worst of the worst when you're talking <laughs> about that. <laughs> Literally, the worst America has to offer. <laughs> Tease Scott that their state bird is fly. Yes. And they and if you bitch about having too many family Christmases to go to, they just recommend marrying your cousin. You'll have one less. <laughs> God bless it. God bless America. They don't like, like on their crucifixes in churches. It's not Jesus, just Del Earnhardt. Like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> this sermon sponsored by Bush's Light Beer. <laughs> Bush Light. <laughs> and Hormel Chili. And on the so third on. day, he rose again to race out of turn four. <laughs> God damn it. Every stereotype's coming to life. Yeah, man. It's not too far from the truth. I can't defend it. Suck it. I love it. All right, let's go on to the second voicemail. See what we got here. I was to the podcast, whichever one you guys did about the haircut one. I was to the podcast, whichever one you guys did about the haircut one. And thought I'd call before I listen, finish listening. This has been the other North Carolina guy. The one called in leaves about three or four messages back to back to back to back. Um, I have bitched about a haircut one time. I was like, hey, let me just get a you know. Three on the top, two on the side, and she just takes it fucking no guard at all. Just me. I'm like, I'm not in the military anymore. I don't want a buzz cut anymore. What the fuck are you doing? It's too late. So I was like, just, just, just fucking finish it, please. Just let's, let's get done. I'm like, Jesus Christ, woman. And then get done. Walk out, walk out to walk out door. She's like, you can't pay for a haircut. I looked at her. I was like, really? I could have done this buzz cut at the house by myself. Thank you. And her manager lady's like, yeah, you're not, you're not paying for that. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> he said, fucking, did yeah, you but... just shave my fucking head? Do I look like a cholo? <laughs> like, what are you doing? That sucks. I'm glad he said something. I'm glad you said something, Ben. I was wondering if anybody has ever in their life said something, and turns out you did. And you got a free haircut out of it. Well, a free buzz yeah. cut. So I yeah, if you're just gonna attack someone's head with no guard, like you said, like why would you pay for that? Like anyone could do that. <laughs> That's true. Anybody could do that. Oh, I got it. 
I got an awesome hillbilly story that's just like that. That would fucking kill Scott. It's a true story, too. <laughs> well, lay it out there, buddy. <laughs> Don't hold it in. <laughs> we went, it's, it's not getting anywhere. We had to take, so for work one day, we had to take this dump truck of scrap metal down to the local junkyard. Atkins Junkyard. And uh, so <laughs> we pull into the dump and I don't know what was going on, but the, there were three, uh, we'll call them young men or something. They looked to be between the ages of like 13 and 21, like somewhere in there. But they could also just be a bunch of eight-year-olds that were like on a lot of meth that just look older, but I'm not sure. But anyway, they looked to be in that age. And there was an older guy. And these are all real, like they're rough-looking, like dirty, like rough-looking kids. Um, and there's an older guy and he's got like this old, like crappy chair and one of them sit down in it and the other two are waiting to get their haircut and they're outside in like the middle of the, this guy's got these old fucking rusty ass clippers with the blades that go like this. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the clipper yeah. blades go like this and they don't even look like something you should cut hair with. Like the blades were like big, like they were, like the little fine blades and it was like the motor was almost gone on it, and they were rusty where you could see them moving. Like it was like just like pulling hair out. It wasn't even like cutting anything. And they were next to a Jersey Barrier, like one of those like concrete like barriers you see on the side of the road. Like he was that was next to them, and they had the chair sitting out there. They were sitting on a bucket or something. And this guy was taking these hair clippers and dipping them in oil. He like in the top of the barrier, there was like a little dip and he'd put like oil. I don't know if it was like motor oil or what, but he was dipping the clippers in oil and then shaving their, their fucking heads. And there was people lined up like the whole, like the whole crew was there like lined up to get their haircut. Like I couldn't figure it out. I was like, what the hell are we looking at? Like just like haircut day. Like they just like all employees get a free haircut. Like, it's like something they throw in. Instead of an insurance plan, you get a free haircut. That's right. <laughs> Bubba, showed up, Bubba showed up to work one day with lice, and everybody shared the hard hat. And next thing you know, <laughs> everybody had lice <laughs> so in order to... <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, like, it's so weird. Like, what the fuck? What an odd, odd thing to witness. <laughs> but God bless it yeah. that you did. It's just one of those things, like, Anymore around here, it just doesn't surprise me. I mean, you just see some hillbilly shit. Oh, yeah. I know I mentioned before we had that place in town that was a barber shop slash pawn shop called Cutting Deals. <laughs> that was a real place. Badass. Yeah. So all the barber chairs were lined up, and when they cut your hair, you were staring at all of, like, pawned goods. So as you were getting your hair cut, you could, like, bargain with them or, like, oh, how much is that guitar over there? That kind of shit. <laughs> that deals. Like, man, that's a pretty sweet VCR you have over there. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Throw in this haircut and I'll buy that, that trumpet. <laughs> that's badass. That was a great story. I'm going to forever be curious on what was happening on that day, and I didn't even see it in person. So here's voicemail numero three. Hey there, gentlemen. Uh, this is Jason uh, Milwaukee. I'm calling. Uh, I just want to say, of course, with uh, you know, I love the show. Uh, I wanted to, you know, just touch a little bit on uh, 
change from 7th to 8th back to 7th. You know, I want to start this off with, of course, I love uh, heresy. I love what we have right now in 7th, and it's all nice and and whatnot. Um, with some of the leaks of 8th edition, I, you know, jokingly uh, was talking to a friend of mine, and I said, you know, I kind of like some of them. And then I, I just got to the point eventually where I was like, okay, we're going to 8th. It is what it is. You know, suck it up, deal with it, you know. You, you love you love the fluff. You love the game. You're gonna you're gonna continue playing, right? I mean, you know, it is what it is. And uh, you know, as I settled in and I got used to it, then we get uh, you know the Warhammer Fest, and we get the announcement of seventh for good, or not for good, but for a while at least. And I said, okay, you know, uh, that's coming back. But then I thought about it, and I felt a little weird about it because you know I kind of settled into the situation of us going into eighth edition. And I was talking to a friend of mine, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like I was, uh, you know, accused of, like, uh, murder or something. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't do this murder, man. But they're like, no, nah, you did this murder. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know I'm, I'm locked up in jail. I'm kind of dealing with it. I'm like, man, this, this shit sucks, dude. But after a while, I just kind of, you know, sucked it up. Now, okay, man, I guess I'm doing life here. <laughs> then, like, a month later, they come and they're like, hey, man, uh, you know what? We made a mistake. Fuck it. You're free to go. I'm like, hold on now, man. I've kind of gotten used to this life here. I've made a, sh uh, you know, a shame for myself. I've got myself, you know, a little prison wife and whatnot. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure if I want to go now. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where I came in on it, you know. Uh, but uh, on a serious note, I'm happy that, you know, we're able to keep the community kind of going. We're able to, like, at least, you know, make seventh, you know, completely finished. And then maybe, hey, after all the leases are out, we'll move to eight. Uh Keep up the good work, guys. Can't wait to hear the next one. <laughs> I don't know. He said, I, got, I made me a shake. I got me a, a little prison wife. He <laughs> <laughs> already done shit. Like, so pocket cigarettes to everybody running the gambling. Lucy's, as they're known. Um, I joined the game first day. Really, uh, he's a really cool dude. I met him at Adepticon this year, and uh, he's coming down to... Um, Gen Con here in Indianapolis, and uh, we're going to hang out when he's here, too. So I'm hoping to get him down here at the house to get to play some heresy with us when he's here for Gen Con. I feel like a lot of people feel like that, though. Like, that's, like, a pretty common consensus. Like, people just kind of, like, accepted that 8th was here. It was like, okay, well, I guess we're dealing with 8th now. You know, just settle in. Just feel it out. All right. And then, nope, it's 7th. What? <laughs> like I already. It's like a bad date where you're on a date and you're like, "Man, she doesn't like me. I'm not gonna get laid," but you do get laid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. You already checked out and started farting way too much. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> you just pull a Sir Coxman out of nowhere. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. So surprise, Sir Coxman, and just. <laughs> Turns out it just ended up working out somehow. <laughs> Turns out it just worked out. I don't know. Hey, you were already real quick while we're talking about Gen. Are you coming to Gen Con or not, Michael? Are you trying to work that out? I don't know yet. You don't know yet. No, I don't. I don't know What's anything that's going on in August. Do you have a desire to come, or are you, oh, like you don't know if you want to of come? Of course. Of course, I have a desire to come. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think I can do anything in August or September. Hasn't your job shit on, on your hobby life enough in the last 12 months? You <laughs> yeah, tell them to guys be like, holy shit, like, 
Find another nerd for a week. Like, come on, man. And like, <laughs> this is um, fucking America, okay? Yeah. You have to be allowed to live your life. Yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't get to go to fucking Adepticon. Like, at least let me go to Gen Con with my buddies. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, uh, at this point right now, it doesn't look like I'm doing shit for August. And, and like I said, possibly September. And which kind of sucks because uh, uh, we also got hit up, like... No, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it offline because there, there's a there's some things going down on the week of Gen Con that I was like, nope, can't do that because I'm probably going to Gen Con, and now it's like, up, oh, probably can't even go to Gen Con. But there's like, there's a whole thing, whole thing we need to talk about offline. Gotta, look, 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 Gen Con will have the the fucking BattleTech pods here. We can do. We can come back here play Heresy every night. I'll get to take you to all the fucking food places. Jason, we just talked to from Milwaukee. He's going to be here playing games with us. It's going to be fucking great. You got to make it here. And you got to bring fucking Josh and Zach with you, too. You guys have to make it up here. I came to Stiff. I drove fuck. I flew down there for Stiff. You guys can come up here for Gen Con. No, I, trust me. Like, if I was going to go to any event, it's going to be Gen Con. But it's, like I said, it's something we have to talk about offline because I definitely fucking can't talk about it live on air. But. Oh, okay. We we will discuss as soon as we're done recording, and I'll even we'll even talk to you Patreon guys. We'll let you guys know what's going on too. So, yeah. but anyway, so that's 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 what's going on Gen Con. I thought Pretty was going to Gen Con. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I do know that some of the guys are off because uh, there's an event that we might have to run during the time the same time frame as Gen Con. Not me, but some of the other TFL guys. And we've reached out to some of the Lone Star Legion guys and the Goalers guys. So we'll have to see how that goes down. But that'll be an announcement. Texas goes probably. hard in the paint with 30K groups, man. Jesus. Yeah, dude, we got, we got some fucking sweet-ass 30K support in this in this area. So You know how I many I have in Kentucky? Fucking me. You're talking <laughs> to it right here. That's it. <laughs> He comes up here to play. Yeah, I'm like, right, as fucking far north you could be in this state, so. <laughs> Duncan Kendall and um, Jack. Ross. Duncan's busy trying to prevent prison riots and shit. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know what Jack does. He, I mean, that could be anything going with that guy. So. <laughs> so good. So anyway, Duncan's trying to make sure people tunnel out of jail and shit. So. <laughs> Collapsing tunnels on people. Yeah. Got him. Not All over right. here. <laughs> so that's it for voicemails. Y'all ready to look at some of these Horace Heresy survey responses? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Okay. So, for those of you that don't have Facebook for whatever reason, but are okay with listening to podcasts, I don't get it, but whatever. We have a Radio Freest Van Facebook page, and on that Facebook page, we threw out a poll, and we kind of tossed it out there. It's something that we've kind of been doing uh, this year, probably once a quarter, uh, and I take all the results for the Legion. Basically, it was two questions. It was, what Legion do you play? And the second question was... What model would you like to see? And I take all those results and I send them to Forge World, and we also get to 
look at our on our end we get to kind of get a a good insight on what's being played right now and so last time we did this survey we did a little bit different because i did not limit what armies you could pick so i let you choose multiple armies and and that in my head that seemed like a it was kind of counterintuitive to like what army do you play because you could literally pick any army that you like had models for. So like I feel like the numbers were pretty diluted. Is that fair to say, Ryan, Scott? Like I feel like Yeah. L- yeah. Last time around everybody fucking played Custodes and Thousand Sons. I guess mainly everybody they had the owns models. a burning a Prospero box, so yeah. Yeah. So so this time around and I, and I got a lot of complaints for it, but uh I feel that it was justified. I only let you pick one army. And so with the one army, it kind of made you realize that okay, this is my main. This is my main my main chick. I might have two or three armies, but my main army is bam. And so it really did. I mean, it completely changed the the polls themselves. So I remember last time we had what like 20% Space Wolf players and like just a stupid amount of Custodes players and Thousand Suns players, like 30% Thousand Suns players. So this time on the poll coming around, Thousand Suns are at 6.8%. Like they are, they are not on the, I mean, they're still on the upper spectrum of people that are playing them, but they're not, they're not in the top tier, like something like, Alpha Legion coming in at nine percent of all players that took this survey, or uh, let me see here, what was the next ringer up behind them? I believe it was like Death Guard, isn't it, or Imperial Fist? Death Guard or Imperial Fist? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Death yep. Guard clocking in at seven percent, and Imperial Fist clocking in at seven point three percent. So, so the the armies out there right now that aren't being, um, that are not being utilized or not being or not let me see here i'm trying to see what armies so we got the lowest armies are black shields uh, oh i'm sorry militia at 0.18 percent so there's only one person in this survey that picked his main army was militia was that you scott <laughs> no you? man i don't even play militia i play solar ox oh yeah. okay. that's what i'm starting though me me and freddie are on the militia the militia train for this year. 2017 is the year of militia for me and Freddie. Okay, well, out of 543 surveys, one person <laughs> picked militia. And I want to know who you are, buddy. I want to know where you're at. Like, <laughs> you proudly clicked that box of militia. <laughs> <laughs> In solidarity, you clicked that single box. I'm proud of you. So there was one Sisters of Silence player. Uh, there was one... Knights player, which I'm sure your friends love you. Um, three Questorus Knights. Okay, so I guess there's more Knights players than Militia players. Uh, six Black Shields players, which is like 1.29%. Uh, seven One of those Solar Ox. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Seven Solar Ox players. Uh, and then eight Togmata players. Nine Order Reductor players. And then before we start getting into the double digits, I think the lowest legion that's represented was the uh, the white scars, 
followed up by a last place of the or the second to last of the word bearers, which is actually tied with Raven Guard. So, if you don't want to show up to an event as a basic bro, take take uh, some white scars, word bearers, or so. What's it say about me? I got word bearers, black shields, and militia, or Raven Guard. <clears throat> You're a beautiful butterfly. You're a beautiful yeah, hobby butterfly. I guess. <laughs> if you want to remain a basic bro, then go ahead and load out your Alpha Legion. Fuck. Or your... Let me see. It's Alpha Legion, Death Guard, or Imperial Fists are the most represented legions. So, Imperial Fists, that but one really... Because I'm sure there's dude. a bunch of bloody... It seems like the, I see more and more Blood Angel players. <clears throat> They're on the come up, dude. Uh, Blood Angels came in at 5.89, which is 32 players out of the 500, but uh, not enough to break the top spots. So They're up there, though. They're up there in uh, in players. What What do you think... Do you think that, like, the Imperial Fist was just kind of, uh, these were existing armies of Imperial Fist that people had, and they just love, like, that's their favorite army, or... I don't know where the Imperial Probably. Fist came from. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, they've been a pot, because you gotta remember, they've been out for a long time. Like, that, you know, they were, they've been out for a long time. I feel like people, when they first started getting into heresy, that was, like, a real popular legion to do. Yeah, a lot of people's first armies were armies. So, so Karen in the chat is saying that people are still working on their uh, their book seven <clears throat> armies, and so there's not going to be a lot of like solid book seven armies. So, a lot of these would have been their mains. So that that that's kind of in line with what you were saying, Ryan. It's like these are their main armies that they're playing that they've had for a long time, and kind of a. Like these are so I get it. So it's not necessarily saying if you go to an event you're gonna play like don't use these numbers to gauge what armies you're gonna end up playing against because this is not how this works. But one thing, one thing I think that affects that that like statistic is we mentioned Death Guard, Alpha Legion, Imperial Fist. Almost <clears throat> with the exception of the Imperial Fist. Those three factions, all of their Legion-specific units, for the most part, are like fairly easily accessible or convertible, right? Because Rogaldorn's not out, Alpharius isn't out, but uh, like Lernaean Terminators are pretty much just Cataphracty Terminators with Kai Chargers, you know? It's not super hard to make, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But. I'd say it has Alpha Legion being in a lot of books, like they're yeah. in a, a lot of the novels. And also, they're extremely good on the tabletop. Yep. And they're one of those, like, you can build one army and make it do a lot of things and make it have varying play styles just by picking different mutable tactics and things like that. It is true. Yeah, they're very, very so if, tactically flexible. So if you only have money for one army and you just want to add a few units but make it feel drastically different just by sprinkling in a little bit different stuff, you, you can always go Alpha Legion. Yeah, and it does seem like also one of those armies that is flexible in its uh in its alliance standings you know like oh you know i could swing this army as a you know traitor or loyalist 
and it's not gonna nobody's gonna bat an eye to it. So I I can definitely see like where there's a number of things that make Alpha Legion pretty popular. Death Guard and Imperial Fist. Eh. Imperial <laughs> Fist is like the biggest know. thing. Whatever. Yeah. Imperial <laughs> Fist, man, like hard to paint yellow <laughs> and like no Primarchs out. Like they don't have don't the strongest. Don't they don't have the strongest. Well, and like, also let's not like let's not discredit it. You also have the Iris effect with Michael over there been playing in, in pit, Imperial Fist for a long time and always been talking about it. a lot of people listen to that show and they're just like, Oh, he sounds really cool. Michael talks about him all the time. Let's do an army. <laughs> I'm going to say that it has something to do with the Breacher effect, where like everybody who starts Horus Heresy is like, oh, I'm going to buy 50 Breachers. <laughs> and then they're yeah. like, oh, Breachers are terrible. Oh, well. <laughs> they're good for Imperial Fist, though. <laughs> Still gauntlet, big they're, boy. <laughs> they're good in Zone Mortalis for almost anybody. <clears throat> so... 50 Breachers yeah. is approximately 850 points, so that's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big chunk of your army. Right there. Don't buy like you don't need to own. In my opinion, ten breachers is enough for anyone. Twenty, I'm going to start looking at you sideways. If you got, if you own more than twenty breachers, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not sure about your mental state. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Schweitzer, how are you making so much money off of these breacher shields, man? How are you doing it? <laughs> <laughs> how much stuff in the horse hairs of the universe needs to be breached? <laughs> uh, I love it. So, as far as like models go, models you would like to see, uh, of course, a number of the responses were um, Alpharius. I would say out of 500 responses, I think like 30 of them were Alpharius, which goes in line. Dorn's got to be up there, too. Yeah, Dorn is on there, and he is. Obviously, the I think he it's already been announced he's the next Primark, right? Yes. I yeah. Yep. So, I don't know. It wasn't on video. I don't believe it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Unless I see a picture of a slide. Unless I see a picture of a slide that's like definite, like where it actually like is phrased in a way where it's like carved in stone, or I see a video, I don't believe it anymore. <clears throat> Another big one that showed up on there quite a bit was the Morlock Terminators. Uh, uh, I I actually picked Iron Hands as my main army for the survey because it was my first one. And it's like the one I liked the most. I put a lot of ass paint into it. And it was before they had like the the easy buy-ins with the, with the box sets and stuff. So all my shit's like actually resin and yep. fucking... Uh, I man, I I really like the Gorgons. I don't know that I would put another. I mean, I guess Death Guard have a few units of Terminators, but I'm not like super hot on the idea of having two units of least specific Terminators. I guess. I, don't know. I guess I feel like the Morlocks were something that the Black Library invented after Forge World had already. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same name, different. Uh, <laughs> you know, technically, same unit, like different name. A little. A fluff aside, but I think Gorgon pattern Terminator armor is just a Terminator armor. I guess Morlocks could technically be in Gorgon armor. Yeah, this is, the Morlocks were just like the first company Terminators or what? It's like a it's like a company name. I don't. It, 
I would imagine there surely was more locks because it's like an experimental pattern that you know Ferris. The, those dudes are like literally hardwired into that uh, pseudo armor they never take it off. So, Man, well, didn't didn't they all die with Ferris Manus anyway? Like, what do you like? Most all of them. The only like a few of them survived, like Shattered Legion style that made the break for it with off of a like you know birds and stuff that made off the top side there's a really cool story about one in angel exterminatus who's deaf so um i forget it's like one of the imperial children emperor's children characters like screams at this guy to because he has the sonic shrieker installed yeah. in his throat it's like i'm about to fuck him up and he screams at him <laughs> the the mortal lock guy's like oh, oh, I'm fucking deaf and shoots him in the face with a belt of gun. <laughs> 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 fucking awesome! I love the the voice you gave him. <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm deaf, dickhead. Boom! Fucking <laughs> smokes him. <so. laughs> but yeah. so yeah, of course there was different things in there, like uh, blood angels. Alex Minter was probably in there. Mm-hmm. Attack bikes are in there. The rest of the Mournable. And I think one of the, the, the best ones that we found on here was the Ryan Kimmel model. Uh, <laughs> whoever yeah. took this 1255 AM requested a Ryan Kimmel model. So hopefully That was me. I requested myself. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I wasn't me. I don't <laughs> Hopefully Forge World will get on that. Because we're joking, they should come with an optional tenderloin, and his base should have a Weber grill on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have to have it. I said that I need a steel chainsaw in one hand and a tenderloin in the other. And then Scott added, uh, what was it? Ch- uh, chocolate milk from Fair Oaks Farm. Fair Oaks Farm. Bob's upgrade five points. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it would be perfect. It would, nobody would get to play it because they, once it's set on the table, your opponent loses. What if they made it, but they only made eighth edition rules for it? What a what a slap to the face! <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> only Power gave him an eighth edition out. profile. <laughs> <laughs> would you play yourself, Ryan? Would you play yourself? Fuck no! Absolutely <laughs> good. <laughs> What a curveball, Scott. God damn. <laughs> Here's the infamous Ryan Kimmel model and his 8th edition data sheet. What the fuck? <laughs> and then that Kevin CEO is just, oh, 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 my greatest bane. <laughs> oh, so funny. So another one that I thought was kind of interesting was people requested nine times a Thunder Warrior model. How do y'all feel about it? I mean, I really don't, because, you know, there's, I guess if you were going to do, like, a Thunder Warrior list or anything like that, then you'd probably have to make up, like, some ridiculous level Black Shields, like, background for them, where, like, they escape the culling or something like that, but... Hey, the, but I, the Outcast did have one in there it went rogue and like well yeah he's uh, the main one he was like yeah. the first he's like the top top thunder warrior guy and it's in that outcast dead book but it's just him and one other thunder warrior and i yeah. think that they're like the last two left yeah and they lived so. they lived and they had the well there's others that are supposed to be in hiding which are like 
they escape the culling or whatever, but their their genes, their uh, their organs. What at the end of Outcast Dead, they like uh, clone those organs to fix them up, and I feel like yeah. anybody else out there isn't getting these like isn't get, isn't getting the recall on their organs. So like these, I feel like it's probably gonna be. Uh, these last two in Outcast Dead. So I really don't see Thunder Warriors uh, being a legitimate army or playable army. Well, I, like we we've talked about it behind the scenes. Like to me, the ultimate thing for Forge to do, like we've talked about, would just be finish the Heresy, right? Finish the Heresy, keep it Seventh Edition, and then at the end, after Battle for Terra, do a Unification Wars game or do a Great Crusade game or whatever switch to eight at that point and then do all these units that people want to see like thunder warriors then you know if you did a great crusade game you could start adding in the xenos races like eldar and orcs and all that and let the xenos players in as well and you already have all the space marine models already out you would just have to redo some shoulder pads um and stuff like that so you could have like dusk raiders instead of death guard and warhounds instead of um world leadership like that but I think that's the move, personally. Yeah, I think it would. I think now that they're kind of doing their own rule set and trying to develop their own like systems, it would be a really good idea that you know once they're once they've kind of satisfied whatever heresy story arcs they're aiming for, they could like start making supplement stuff off of what we're going to come to know is the main heresy rule set, making like Great Crusade expansions or yeah. You know, like that. Yeah, like you could do that if you wanted to stay set. But I mean, if people are wanting to, like, if they talked about they do eventually want to go to eighth, that would be the time to do it. Yep, yep. That'd be perfect. So, yeah. While we're on the topic of Thunder Warriors, man, while we're on that topic, let's talk. You want to talk about the poll that was released on Radio Free Demand, the live poll that we released, the Thunder Warriors versus the Primaris Space Marine, who would win? Do you want to discuss? What about it? Well, I mean, this is my discussion on it. This is this is like my like in your head. You're like me, and you refuse like to even think about or give a fuck about Primaris Marines and what they are and the fuck behind them. Then you're automatically going to select the Thunder Warrior because, like, what is this imaginary unicorn bullshit you're throwing out there that I don't believe in? Versus this, okay, well, I'm going to pick the real thing that exists in my head. So that's what happened with me. I do. <laughs> I love that the like people who were like, just read the fluff. Uh, Space Marine killed Thunder Warriors, and the Primaris Marines are better than Space Marines. Uh, why wouldn't the uh, Why wouldn't the Primaris Marines be able to kill Thunder Warriors? It's like, what fluff are you fucking talking about, buddy? <laughs> like, yeah, what, no, like, they apparently didn't read Outcast Dead. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. So I I loved watching that argument, and fake I did news. see the Thunder Warriors just like fucking fake news. And see, I took that poll and I shared it to the you know all the Horus Heresy forums, and then I was like, okay, obviously Thunder Thunder Warriors are just fucking destroying this poll right now. I was like, let me go and throw it into the Warhammer Forty Thousand forums so they can get some some Primaris love in here. And <laughs> they once the Warhammer Forty Thousand forum got a hold of it, they were like. 
Primaris love. It's like, why, why would they even think that Thunder Warriors would be able to win? But there was some good points made. It was like a, a face-to-face, one-on-one Thunder Warrior, uh, but Army versus Army Primaris Marines. And I was like, I get that. That makes sense. Like, I could see where, like, a Primaris Army could, like, outmaneuver and outthink a Thunder Warrior Army. But... I tell you what, man, I'll let whoever win, whoever needs to win, as long as I don't got to buy fucking primaries. How's that sound? They want, they want, I don't, <laughs> don't make, don't make me fucking have to all my very expensive, hated shit away, buy something completely different. Fucking <laughs> 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 hashtag flying dumpster. But <laughs> <laughs> hashtag flying dumpster. All right. All right. So that's all we got for polls, guys. So, Scott, I know you're uh, you're about ready to, to head out. Do you want to go ahead and read that list off, or would you like us to go over it? Yes, sir. Um, I got an email from Matt Beatus, uh this week, what well, we did as a podcast. And Ryan definitely did the lion's share of the list, but I took at least one. Off of his head, so I get a participation. I think Derek. Didn't you guys do some Space Wolf ones too? Or Derek did yeah, some? Yeah, Derek did some. I'm sure we'll get to them next week. Uh, so if you're a Space Wolf player out there and you sent something in, hey, it's coming. Derek's working working hard on it. That could have been what delayed him. We don't even know. So <laughs> He could still uh, be working on Space Wolf. He could have been wrong and it's in his pee holes inflamed. So he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like to imagine that's what happened. But. Uh, so, so it's from Matt Beavis, and he wrote in about uh, Coils of the Hydra list. Uh, surprise, surprise, surprise. But uh, I helped him out and actually had this list proofread before I read it out, so I didn't fuck it up like I did last week. It is, from, from what we think, it is legal, and it should be pretty good and meet all the parameters he was uh, requesting, like file limitations. I'll read out a little bit of his email. Hey, guys, this is Matt from the U.K., Medium time listener and first time writer. I just wanted to take a quick second to say rest in peace, Alan Bly, a great guy who I had the pleasure of meeting several times in the UK and a true giant of the hop. His amazing work has given us heresy players a great platform to really get stuck. I decided it's time to be writing to you guys now that Ryan is back. As Matt, Ryan didn't even review your list. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) About sitting through the list, Ryan, as I thought out. I'm sure I speak on behalf of most people and saying it's great to have the team back together. I would agree. Fucking Ryan, goddammit, good to have you back. (laughs) I love you too, bud. (laughs) Okay, Alpha Legends, Ryan, Coils of the Hydra, 3,000 points. Um, the main fluff he kind of was stressing is he wanted guys that were kind of like embedded or, you know, already dug in on the planet like a conventional force and then have guys coming in from orbital drop ships. So uh, the my thought process behind the tactics of the list that I made were kind of a hammer and anvil sort of thing. Like uh, you have regular guys, the enemies like you're going to see you want to react to. And then you have your Alpha Strike Force that's going to kind of counteract whatever they do. So the so 3,000 point coil is the Hydra list, and his HQ is Armelis Dynat, 200 points. Um, 
And that's obviously really good because Warlord trait built in is the plus one to damage rolls and your enemy's deployment zone, which is, you know, kind of a no-brainer if you're taking anything that's coming out of a drop pod. Um, second HQ choice is a Saboteur or Artifice or Bolt Pistol Chain Sword. Weapon refractor field, comedy weapon. Also, he comes with bombs. Um, pretty fluffy. Gives you a uh, good opportunity to convert a model up, make him look cool. And he's really good, obviously, especially um, with Dynat because that saboteur, his attacks are going to be resolved at essentially AP one. He's going to do an automatic penetrating hit to something in your deployment zone. So. Unless it's a vehicle with an in-ball save, like a Dreadnought or something like that, it's you know pretty good chance it's going to blow it up. Um, Coils of the Hydra requires three troop choices. So I filled those with just Rhinos and Dozer Blades as kind of the conventional aspect of the list. Uh, he wanted something, you know, obviously Tactical Marines are pretty much good for capping objectives and uh, Alpha Legion Tactical Marines are exceptionally maneuverable because they can scout and outflank and all that good stuff. So there's that. Uh, um, another troop choice was eight Tactical Support Marines. Uh, I'm just giving these eight dudes in their Tactical Support Charge and Voltite Chargers because he had the models, essentially. And we'll kind of get into where they go later in the list. Um a unit of 10 tactical support Marines with plasma guns. I did swap the sergeant's uh, plasma gun for an augury scanner and chain sword, just because that way he has the flexibility to actually deploy that unit. It can provide some, cause it's a rapid fire weapon, the plasma gun. It can provide some sort of backfill security. If you have people coming in with pods or anvilists, a lot of that meta. So I've, I've found those to be useful in fact experience. Um, his elite slots, I took, he said he had these models, so I took two five-man units of veterans. It, um, I would imagine you could use the models, like the headhunter upgrades, pretty easily on these dudes and look really good. But I took two five-man units of machine killer veterans with combi meltas. Um, they're going to win anvilus drop pods that we'll get to later, but... That's obviously good because those commie meltas, as long as you deep strike into your enemy's deployment zone, are essentially AP negative three. And uh, that's going to, I mean, with the machine killer rule, giving them plus one to uh, armor penetration rolls, I mean, that's going to get through flare shields and armor ceramite, you name it. So, um, third fleet slot, uh, nine learning terminators. Yeah. Um, the harrower, your sergeant's going to have a chain fist and power dagger. Because that's going to give him plus one attack since he has two specialist weapons. Three of the Lernians will have Power Fist and Volkai Chargers, and five other ones will have Chain Fist and Volkai Chargers. Um, Lernians are, you know, stubborn weapon skill five. They still benefit from the same thing Dynat does, uh, that general role Dynat gives the army the plus one to vehicle damage. So those Chain Fists are AP one as long as you're in the enemy deployment zone. And we will get the mechanism for delivery. We'll get to that later. Uh, fast attack to anvilus drop pods. Um, plain and simple. I think that's the way you go if you're trying to play a close combat unit to actually get it into combat outside of like a Spartan or a Land Raider, something like that. It comes in. You don't have to get out. Sit there. Think. Night fight. That's a three up. And just survive for a turn. 
and then disembark and charge since it's just an assault vehicle. And it's the fire, fire sweep rule is actually very, uh, very, very strong since it's resolved on the weakest armor of a vehicle if you come within a certain range of it. So, third um, fast attack choice was a primary lightning strike fighter. Uh, he had the model again. Um, four cracked and penetrator missiles on a ground track between arteries, bow server control. That's pretty much a no brainer. I mean, that's going to take care of any kind of your Spartan needs or whatever, whatever you come across knights works good on knights. Um, his one heavy support choice is a crib or one of two is a cribdis assault claw. That's where your learning ends in a, there's only nine learning ends in that pod. So Dynac can go in there as well. If he wants. And second heavy support choice. He, he has this model, but I think it's really useful with this right of war. Is a Land Raider Proteus with Armored Ceramite and an Exploratory Augury Web and a Dozer Blade as well. Um, that eight-man unit we mentioned with the Volkite Chargers, they're going to go in here. And as long as this starts on the table, which is part of, like, your fluff thing of, like, the the Anvil Force, you know, the conventional tanks and stuff that are already going to be on the table, um, that's going to give your enemy a minus two to their uh, reserve rolls because Coils of the Hydra already gives you a minus one. So that's pretty good. Um, and, and let's get to notes. So this unit has a lot. This army list has a significant amount of scoring. I think it's like six units of scoring, which is good for like, you know, obvious reasons. Uh, he wanted the opportunity to convert up a saboteur. So now he's going to have that, you know, or not. He didn't say specifically a saboteur. But if I was going to put some hobby love into one model from my army and I was an Alpha Legion player, I guess I'd parcel that idea. Um, the plasma support squad that's just on foot gets deep strike because of Dynac because he can grant that to one unit. So if you don't want to just deploy those guys out because you're, you know, you're uh, the enemy you're playing or whatever doesn't have any deep strike for them to use their artery scanners against, Dynac can deep strike them in. And I believe they also get to reroll the scatter on that. So even though it's like a larger unit, there's still a pretty good chance as long as you're careful, you won't uh, buckhand it and mishap. Mm-hmm. Um, they also become AP one if they yep. deep strike into the deployment zone that is against true. vehicles. There's, yep, yep. Um, the only caveat to this list, uh, you're going to always have to pick infiltrate as your mutable tactic because of those eight men plasma support squad guys. And I believe the seven-man Volkite or the eight-man Volkite Charger Squad and the ten-man Plasma Support Squad. So, you know, those are very not super expensive units. The Plasma Guns are, but the Volkite Chargers aren't. You can swap those out if you want, like, ultimate flexibility. But I think in scope with the rest of the list, they fit pretty well. Um, reward for Treason. Uh, he did say, I know that's, like, a really cool feature to the to the um, Alpha Legion Rider of War Coils of the Hydras, you can take an elite's choice from another another Legion and play it. Um, I didn't factor any of those in, but I would imagine you could take you can take out your learnings if you want. They're like 465 points in the format that had them in, and uh, play them as you know putting Galvor back in that grid is. Or uh, I know me and Ryan had talked about just staring or something like that. I mean, there's a lot of options there. I saw something really cool on YouTube where someone had taken a Mara Gall as an 
like is a rewards for treason unit. And I think that thing has demon, so deep strike. That's pretty good anti-psyker if you're playing against a lot of thousands. De- demon doesn't come with automatic deep strike. Uh, okay, cool. Well, then you're fucked. <laughs> but, uh, you gotta I, buy the. You gotta buy the uh, dread claws a fast attack. And, and then we still don't know if it can go in it or not because the cake FAQ. But anyway, yeah, yeah, touchy subject. But uh, yeah, maybe not. Get it together, think, Scott. Get it together. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> so the rewards for treason options, you can pretty much just take out your learnings and sub in another unit that you would want. Um, I, I didn't do it in my list, honestly, because I don't think, like, the rewards for treason thing fits my, like, personal bias. Like, I think it would just be weird to see, like, you know, Raven Guard Dark Furies or something like that painted up Alpha Legion style. And that's the only thing that's different. I suppose if you know you have some really good conversion skills, you could really uh, squeeze some juice out of that. But that's the list. Um, Michael, send it over to you along with the notes I put here. And you and, uh, you know, what, do whatever it is you do with it administratively. So, uh, we got, got his email. We usually just send it out. So if you just reply to him and send it cool. to him. Will do. All right. So what do you guys think? Sound good? I think it sounds good. Um, like you said, if, if you didn't want to get the models, you could literally just magnetize the Volkite arms. With, uh, the, uh, damn it, what are they called? Lerne and Terminators. Yep. And then also just have optional, just normal storm bolters and just call them just Aaron. And you don't even have to change the model. Yep. You sure could. So I, I know he had mentioned, uh, Matt had mentioned that he had magnetized a lot of this stuff pretty extensively. So right. he might have done that. And that would, uh, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, before I hop here, off here, guys, I promised one of our listeners I'd give him a shout out. He tipped me off to an Instagram page called Faultline 4K. And, from what I gather, it's a it's a like a Warhammer hobby group in California, and I looked it up, and there's a lot of really awesome pictures and hobby and stuff going on with that game group. I guess it's a game group that really emphasizes, you know, fully painted and uh, narrative play, good tables, awesome terrain, and um, I just checked it out. I'm always looking for you know inspiration for projects or whatnot, and. I found a lot of it over there, so you know if you're a listener out there and you're looking for some some sweet painted models, check out Fallline 40K. Thanks to Joe for tipping us off about that. So I know I've heard of that gaming group. I think the Independent Characters guys, they uh the the podcast, the Independent Characters. I think that's their gaming group, and uh, it's definitely something I've you know I I would be all over that if I lived anywhere near California. That would would be the only way to go. So. Wow, these Raven Guard drop pods are sexy on the Faultline 40K group. Yeah, yeah, and they, they they have a whoever posts the pictures for them. I don't know a lot about like you know Photoshop and all that good stuff. If you can't tell from my accent, but uh, they <laughs> um they've done a lot of like digital effects for like, the OSL on their uh, Thousand Suns specific castle acts and all kinds of. All kinds of really awesome pictures, so we'll definitely head over there and check that that Instagram page out. There's a lot of good heresy content on there, and 40k and whatever, whatever floats your boat, man. You can find it over there and you know enjoy it. I love it. They really do yep. go all out with their uh, 
Lens FX, man. Fucking dope. Yeah, looks good. All right, gents. Hey, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for letting me do that, and I'll see you guys next week. Later, Scott. Yep, take care. Yep. Bye, Scott. All right. Yeah, I'm checking out this uh, Fault Line 40K right now, man. They do not fuck around with their Instagram page. It looks fantastic. Every single Instagram post that they have posted has lens effects done. You know that, that app, Lens FX? For the iPhone? Yeah, doesn't Freddie use a lot of that? Yeah. They do yeah. it classy. Very classy touch-ups. Looks great. Ooh, that's a cool. That's the one he was talking about. That's the one Scott was talking about right there. Let's see how they got the oh, see. glow. Yeah. Yep. So that was a good list. Next up on the list, a white scar, Shagorn Brotherhood's list from Dave. Detroit Diamond Dave. This is my buddy Dave Stolarski that lives in Detroit. He's one of our patron guys too. So, do you have the email? I think I sent it to you. Yeah, I got it right here. Okay. So, this comes in from Dave, and Dave says, Hey, Ryan, once I finish my Alpha Legions in Iron Hands, I've got the need for some savage-as-fuck white scars. You don't need to make this a huge priority or anything. I just wanted to run it by you. I didn't make a typical 100% bike list. I wanted some inventory in there, too. I think it looks rad on paper. Idea is to shoot the fuck out of everything from range and encircle the enemy without flanking tanks. Assault squads come in where weak units need to be cleaned up. P.S. The combi weapons on the vets and terminators are meant to be plasma, just too lazy to change it in Battlescribe. Hope to see you again soon, bro. So this comes from Mr. Dave, and the list he sent in is a 3,500-point list. He's got a Legion Praetor, an Artificer Armor Bolt Pistol, with a Cyberhawk, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Shimitar, Shimitar Jet Bike with a Heavy Bolter, and a Mastercrafted Single Weapon, which I'm guessing that's going to be the... Power oh, you got a Power Glaive on him. So, and Power Glaive and Belt Bomb. So, then he took an Apothecary Detachment with a Legion Apothecary, and he took a... Terminator squad into Tara's Terminator armor. It looks like the squad has a, a Land Raider Phobos attached to it with a Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. Uh, the Sergeant has a Chain Fist and a Kami weapon. The uh, other Terminator, it looks like there is another Chain Fist in the unit with a Kami weapon. And it looks like everybody else in the yep. unit has Power Swords and Kami weapons. Uh, then he's got some Legion Tactical Squads with Melta Bombs. Looks like a... Legion Veteran Tactical Squad with Melt Bombs. That makes more sense. And a Legion Rhino Armored Carrier with Dozer Blade and Multi-Melta Pencil mounted with a Legion Veteran Sergeant Bolt Pistol Power Glaive with a Combi Weapon and Combi Flamer. They all have a Chainsword and Combat Blades. Chainsword or Combat Blades. Uh, then we have a, another Legion Veteran... Hang on. Hang on. Every, every single guy in the Veteran Squad has a Combi Flamer except for the two Special Weapon guys that have Plasma Guns. There you go. And that is a squad of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yep. It looks like more than 10, actually. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, Shouldn't 8, be. 8, 9, 10, 11. It looks like 11. Oh. I'm counting again, but not necessary. 
Anyway. Not a big deal. Then he's got a Legion Assault Squad with 15 Marines. Uh, looks like he's got a three of them have power axes. And the sergeant has artificer armor, melt bombs, and a power glaive. Uh, then he's got a jet bike Sky Hunter Squadron with uh, six Marine Sky Hunter jet bikes. Two of them have Volkites and melt bombs. And the Sky Hunter Sergeant has a bolt pistol and a power glaive. Then we have the Jet Bike Sky Hunter Squadron, a second one, armed the exact same way. A Legion Tactical Support Squad with five Space Marine Tactical Support Squad members. Uh, they're all mounted with flamers uh, in a Rhino with a Dozer Blade and a Pencil Mounted Multimelta with a Sergeant who has Chainsword and Plasma Gun. Plasma Gun. Okay. Then the... Can the Sergeant take a Plasma Gun? If oh, I guess, hold on. They all exchange their flamers for plasma guns. I don't know how I missed that part, so yeah. that's good. Okay. Then he's got okay. a Legion Land Speeder Squadron, just a base Land Speeder Squadron, all with Graviton guns. One, two, three, four, five of those bad boys coming at you with Graviton gun and Multimelta, the classic night killer. Very cool. Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter with Ground Track and Arguries and three CAC and Penetrator, the anti-tank version of the Primaris Lightning. He took two of those bad boys. And a Legion Scarring Battle Tank with Accelerator Auto Cannon, Dozer Blade, Last Cannon Sponson, and Pinnel Mounted Heavy Bolter. Then he took a Legion Vindicare's Tank Squadron uh, with one Legion Vindicare Tank with Demolisher Cannon and Machine Spirit. Uh, so, Ryan, what did you change up? Okay, so this is what I did. So I took his Praetor that he has uh, on here and got rid of the power blade and just gave him Aragon blade better. Um, you can model it however you want. If you want to model it as a power or whatever, that's fine, but uh, you definitely want the power blade. Uh, then I took him off the jet bike and just put him on a normal bike and we'll get to why. Well, for one, it saves you a bunch of points and you're going to want to assault this guy. So if you put him on a jet bike, you're you're basically paying all these extra points for a heavy bolter, but then you're going to be jinking a lot with him, and then you're also going to be really close, so the range and shooting of the jet bike doesn't really come into play. The other thing you're paying higher points for a jet bike for gives you a two-up armor, but because Praetor's already come with a two-up armor, you're just kind of throwing points at nothing. So you're really better off just putting him on a normal bike unless you're just doing it for, like, to, you know, you just like the look of that particular model or something like that yeah so for sure so i have a yeah praetor with chargarian brotherhood right of war paragon blade milk bombs digital laser iron halo cyberhawk space marine bike for a second hq choice i took a chaplain with artificer armor melt bombs and a jump pack and then his acrosius you can make it any type of power weapon you want um i would do an axe just because i like axes but you could do whatever uh, for troops, I have a seven-man Skyhunter uh, jet bike squad. Um, two of them have Volkite Colverins. The entire squad has melt bombs, and the sergeant has a power glaive. So I think it's the exact same as his unit, uh, except I just added a seventh bike. And then for the second troop sl slot, I have another squad identical, so another seven jet bikes armed the same way. Um, for the third troop's choice, I have 14 assault marines. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor, power glaive, and melt bombs, and then two of the guys have power weapons, and then the chaplain uh, goes in with these guys. So before another 
15 assault marines, I drop down to 14, but then replace the 15th guy with a chaplain, which is going to make those guys hit a lot harder and make that unit fearless. So it's it's just to make, make that, that unit count. And then as it takes casualties, because it's one of those things that assault marines just take casualties, you don't want to break and get swept or you don't want to break and fall back really far and fall off the board. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just feel like the chaplain's just a really good, you know, addition to that particular unit. Um, for elites, I took a single apothecary with the jump back. Uh, that guy is going to uh, go in with the assault marines to keep them durable, like we just talked about, because they normally take a lot of casualties. Um, for the second elite slot, I took five Tartaros Terminators. Uh, four of them have combi plasmas, and the sergeant also has a combi plasma. The sergeant has a power glaive. Uh, two of the guys have lightning claws, and two of the guys have chain fist. So his unit's a little cheaper just because he threw uh, just standard power swords on him. But my thing is, if you're going to go for power swords, you might as well just spend the extra five points and go to a lightning claw, which functions exactly in the same manner on a Terminator, except that it also has shred. So you're getting re-rolls to wound. So I think that's worth the five points. All day. Um, plus, it looks cooler. Um, and then they're in a Land Raider Phobos that's dedicated with a Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. So basically, it's the same unit that he had. I just swapped the Power Swords for Lightning Claws. And then I put a Glaive on the Sergeant, which I don't know that he did that. I think he had a Chain Fist. So I put two Chain Fists and then put a Glaive on the Sergeant. So that, that Sergeant's really good. Good because it's uh, do add initiative, which is fairly rare on sergeants. So that's a, one of the big things that makes white scars good. Um, for the fourth and final elite slot, I took a ten man veteran squad. Um, sergeant has artificer armor, uh, combi plasma, and power glaive, and then all other nine guys in the squad have combi plasmas, and they're in a rhino with a multi melta. Uh, so. I basically, instead of doing all the combi flamers like he did, I just swapped everything to combi plasmas. Uh, we'll get to why that is in a second. Um, then for fast attack, I, I kept his land speeder squadron of the five land speeders. With, uh, they all five have multi-beltas, and they all five have graviton guns. Then for the second fast attack slot, I took a Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter. Um, it has two, Kraken pen two sets of Kraken pin. Penetrator missiles for a total of four. Uh, battle servitor control, ground tracking auguries. And then for the third and final fast attack slot, I took five attack bikes. Um, and then the attack bikes all have melt bombs and the attack bikes also, all five of them have multi-meltas. And this is where I would put the Praetor on the normal bike and with that unit. Um, and then for heavy support, I have a Sakaran battle tank with dozer blade and Sponson mounted LAS cannons. And then last but not least, I have a Fire Raptor gunship with upgraded with Reaper autocannon batteries in the side and four Hellstrike missiles. So basically, it's pretty much the same list with just some war gear swaps around. Instead of the flamers on the vets, I put in plasmas because you're more than likely going to end up outflanking these guys um, in their so when you do that, it's kind of hard to pile out of a rhino flanking and catch them by, by surprise with flamers. 
and also when you stack that many flamers in a unit when they're not coming out of the drop pod when they have to come out of rhino where you have this one door that you have to come out on unless you turn it around it's kind of hard where you end up where they're not overlapping where you don't you know sometimes you don't get to shoot all of them um so the idea with all the combi plasmas is the white scars get that bird thing the cyberhawk so any unit that's next to that cyberhawk gets to reroll ones to hit when they're shooting so the idea would be to fly that cyberhawk up the flank and then bring your plasma team in next to that cyberhawk so so when they disembark and shoot onto the board, they get to reroll ones. So it's not only going to make them hit more often, but it also gets rid of all your overheats. That's pretty smart, actually. That's really smart. So that's kind of why I did that. We already talked about why I like the chaplain and the apothecary to go in with the assault marines. It's going to make them really durable and uh, make them not break in combat. And then as they get whittled down, even when you get down to like you know, five, six, seven guys with the chaplain allow you rerolls to hit when you charge. It's still going to make them, you know, more effective than they would be without having those rerolls. Um, I basically just swiped, swapped a single Primaris for a Fire Raptor, um, just so you had a, a little bit more variety in flyers and things you could do. Um, I didn't see the need for like double Primaris in this list. He's already got the Sakaran. Uh, the five multi-melta attack bikes, all the land speeders with the graviton and multi-meltas, um, the terminators with the chain fists, the assault marines. Uh, You're good. Like, You're good on tanks. You're good on tanks. Yeah, buddy. the jet bikes. The jet. The jet bikes all have melta bombs on all the squads. Like he's got plenty of anti-tanks. So I thought the fire actor would give him a better anti-air option while also you know chewing up infantry and stuff on the ground. Plus, it just throws. We always talk about on the show putting more variety in your list. Like the more variety of the different units you have, it usually makes your army look better on a display board. Um, so that's also kind of why I did the attack bikes. Um, if he doesn't like the attack bikes, you could always get rid of them and go back with, with your, he had like a whole squad of like tactical support guys with plasma guns. I mean, I already felt like once again, he's already got, a bunch of veterans with plasma guns and he's got all these terminators with plasma guns. And then you got the fire Raptor in this list. Like this list has plenty of anti-tank and anti-armor. Like you don't, there's nothing like need for like a specialist thing. I just like the attack bike because those other guys, once again, I believe tanks have to start by outflank in this army or maybe yeah. it's all. I think that's right. What? I can double check and I think it's either I think it's infantry units without a transport and all vehicles with more than four hull points. So like I know for a fact Terminators have to go in outflank, and I'm pretty sure also the uh, the jetpack guys do as well, the jump pack guys. But anyway, I, I took the attack bikes and the uh, jet bikes and all that, so you would have more stuff to start on the board. Plus, uh, the attack bikes are very underrated in a. Assault. We've talked about this a lot because they're two base attacks on the profile, and then they also have chainsword, uh, bolt pistol. So then on the charge, they become four attacks on the charge, and then you put a praetor in with them, and then them being two wounds a guy, it's a very good assault unit that people underestimate. And I found just through running my Blood Angel Armored Breakthrough, where I have a lot of those attack bikes with assault cannons on them that I always stick my praetor with, they always overperform. I've never had a game where they like let me down. 
Enjoy that. So they're surprise. Yeah, surprisingly durable and surprisingly good in assault. But like I said, you could always uh, go back and you could drop the two extra jet bikes out of the. I just had extra points. I had like a few like. 90 extra points. I didn't really know what to take because your elites are full, your fast attacks full, and your heavy sports full. Because you only get two heavies because you have to have more fast attack than you do heavies. Um. So every slot was full except troops and HQ, and I couldn't figure out anything for 90 points to take with that. So I just put two extra jet bikes in the troop units. But you could always get rid of those and go back down to six in each unit, and then put your Praetor back on a jet bike and then get rid of the attack bikes. But if you do that, you have to go back with another fast attack. So it was just like, there was just a lot of a shell game of why I made the choices I did trying to make the list work, I guess. I gotcha. And on the Shigorn Brotherhood, uh, it's uh, any vehicle with more than three hole points that does not have the fast type must begin playing reserves if the mission allows it. So... And then, but they they gain outflank or something, right? Uh, any infantry unit which there are no models equipped with heavy salvo ordnance weapons gains the hit and run and outflank special rule. So, and they're really okay. so his terminators. The problem with the terminators then is they're going to have to go in reserve and drive on from the back of the board edge in that land raider. So not really too too keen on encircling units uh do you confer outflank to your to your transport if it's dedicated you do but why would they have outflank because it Uh, specifically states they have to not have a vehicle to gain outflank right right uh no it just says any infantry unit which there are no models equipped with heavy salvo or ordnance weapons gain the hit and run and outflank special rules so they would gain Outflank, yeah, and then then they confer it to their vehicle. So yeah, you could outflank that land raider. So there you go. Very cool. Sneaky, sneaky land raider. So. And then read the cyberhawk. Is it only a single unit, or can multiple units benefit from it? Uh. Any Legion Praetor model. Okay. Uh. This is represented by a small token, which is placed by the owning player at the beginning of their turn. This token can be placed anywhere on the table. It may physically sit and be moved elsewhere at the beginning of each player's turn. Any unit with the infantry type and the Legion Star's White Scar Special Rule that is firing upon an enemy unit, which has at least one model within six inches of the token, may re-roll fail to hit. Any such unit assaulting such an enemy may re-roll the dice to determine charge range. So all units... Yeah, yeah, there you go. So you could, anything that really needed to die, you could stick that token next to and then come on with your Terminators and your veteran team and just fuck it up with all that plasma rerolling once. For real. Fucking it up for just 10 points. That's yeah. better than a librarian. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I like the list. I hope Dave likes it too. I like the idea behind the list. It's kind of like a classic, like, Native Americans surrounding, you know, the the poor the poor cowboys with their with their little uh their wagons, hitching their wagons. It's just it's very cool. Yeah. I like the idea behind it. Super alpha striking. 
So that's it for that list. Very cool. I dig it a lot. So next up on the list is a 3,000-point Blood Angels armored breakthrough list. And Chase writes in. Chase says, uh, building a 3K armored breakthrough list. Have a question about the ruling, though. Blood Angel rule states that with exception of dedicated transports, you may not have more units of the vehicle type than those of the Legion of Stardust Blood Angel special rule. So you have two Predators. Only counts as one tally in that scale, right? Not two. Because it states, units, not individual vehicles. So if it's a nine Legion of Stardust Blood Angels to six vehicle units, how that's how I look at it. And then he wrote in a armored breakthrough list. Uh, looks like, I mean, just going over it real quick. So we have a Chaplain Praetor. Looks like three units of Rapier Batteries, all Laser Destroyer Arrays. So six of those bad boys. An Apothecary. Legion Assault Squad. And one, two, three Predator Strike Squadrons. And two Tactical Squads, both mounted up in Rhinos. Uh, rounding out the Heavy Support, we got uh, two Leviathan Siege Dreadnoughts. And it looks like he didn't stick. Oh, and a Sakaran Venator Tank Destroyer. Uh, it does not look like we actually got anything in the Lord of War slot. So, Ryan, being the Armored Breakthrough Master with your Blood Angels, what did you do? First of all, I got we got to talk about this. and We, we should have started it in Dave's list last time, but with Dave's list, it's not as important. But we need to talk about what actually infantry means. Because there's much contention on is... If you're infantry or jetpack infantry, do you count for infantry as well? Like if something says preferred enemy infantry or this right of war infantry must do this, that type of stuff. So yeah, you I guess my dark fury. that kind of thing. Now, now the thing, the Raven Guard, what you brought up is it specifically states if you're this type of infantry, you gain this. And if you have a jump pack bike or whatever, you gain this. So people were trying to double dip in that sense, in, for instance, and in saying that they get this and they also get this because they're not only have a jump pack, but they're also infantry. Which I get why they were trying to do that because I do think jump pack guys are also infantry guys, but I think that was just poor wording on Forge World's part. Getting back to the actual what's infantry, to me, if you when you look at the unit type of a unit, like you look at its stat sheet and it says unit type, if it says the word infantry anywhere in that unit type, you're infantry. That's how I look at it. So his so anyway, going back to Dave's list real quick, that would mean that his assault marines, um, because they don't have a dedicated transport and can't buy a dedicated transport, have to go in reserve. Or can go in reserve and come in from outflank or whatever it was. So it, anyway, that's not a big deal for him because it's not making that unit illegal or whatever. It's just how it has to start on the board. This list is a problem because he's got three squads of rapier batteries, which are infantry because the, the crew are infantry. Right. Well, in armored breakthrough, you're not allowed to have in infantry must begin the game in a transport. Okay. And, so he doesn't have transports for all these rapier batteries, nor would you want to buy transport rapier batteries. Right. So 
those are illegal. And then assault Marines are a real big problem in armor breakthrough because you can't put jump infantry in any vehicle in the game unless you're Mechanicum. You can put jetpack guys in the Triaros and then the what's the great big jet? The Stormbird? Yeah. The thousand point flyer? That's the only flyer in the game. That's the only vehicle in the game that Marines can take that they can go in. Right. So to me, running Armored Breakthrough, it pretty much just, you can't take Assault Marines and you can't take Rapiers because you're not, I guess you can take Rapiers, but you have to put them in like a Land Raider or a Dreadclaw or something, which I, once again, I don't, when you have to go through all that trouble to take them, I don't know why you would take them. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's no point at that point. Right, and then I, I personally don't even feel that assault marines are legal in an armor breakthrough list because it specifically states that if you take infantry, they have to go in a dedicated transport first. And then if they don't have a dedicated transport option, you must buy a vehicle that has sufficient transport capacity to have them in it, which you can't so do that for assault marines. Birds. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. So he caught and he's correct on the unit thing and the blood angel thing. Like that is how it works. So, if you take three Predators in a single unit, that only counts as one unit, which would mean to offset it, you would only have to have one infantry unit. Or, sorry, one Legion of Stardust Blood Angel unit to offset three Predators as long as they were in a squadron. So, the only hang up there, is we've talked about on the show before, is Dreadnought Talons and Suborbital Wings, because those are a gray area on whether or not they're units or not. Which I know Forge World sent you that email, but we all know how valuable, like, how accurate Forge World emails are. So let's not go there. But anyway. So uh, so this is what I came up with for him. I had to change a lot because of the issues that we, were, we just went over. So Chase, if that's why you're wondering why your list is so drastically different, that's why. So I started with a Praetor uh, taking the Armor Breakthrough. Right war. He has a Paragon Blade, Melta Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and he's going on a normal Space Marine bike. Same, same how I run my guy in my list. Then I also took a Chaplain with a Curzius, uh, which is an axe, counts as an axe, and he's in Artificer Armor, he's got Melta Bombs, and he's also on a Space Marine bike. Uh, for troops, I took a Predator Squadron of two Predators, so it's two Predators, a single squadron. They have Both Predators have last Cannon Sponsons, you're going to thank me for that. You don't want as many assault cannons, because all your ones on your other list all had assault cannons. You're going to find out real quick that that doesn't work against a lot of lists. Um, the last cannons, most of the time, you're going to find, you're going to thank me for putting the last cannons on them, I promise you. So, the second, then I took a second Predator Squadron that's exactly the same, so another two Predators with last cannon sponsons. And then I took a third Predator Squadron with two Predators in it, but those two do have Assault Cannons. So it's the same three squadrons that he had before, except instead of all Assault Cannons on all, all of them, I put four of them with last Cannons and then Assault Cannons on two of them. Um, for Elites, I took a 10-man Veteran Squad just with Bolt Guns. Or sorry, they all have uh, Combi Weapons. So you can give these guys uh, Plasmas, you can give them... Meltas, like whatever you really want to load them out with. It's just 10 dudes with combi weapons. Um, they're in a... What did I do here? 
<laughs> oh, sorry. I, I get what I did. So, yeah. So they're in a uh, rhino, and that rhino has... Or no, they're not. I lied. Let's start again. Round two, boys. So it's ten Space Marine... Sorry. Ten Space Marine veterans. Okay, and these ten dudes, they... The entire squad has melt bombs um, and then all ten guys have combi weapons. You can really plasmas or meltas um, because what you're going to do with these guys, you can either go marksman with these dudes and then outflank them and then shoot like rapier batteries or into the side of vehicles that are, are over less on the side and plasma will work fine for either of those as will melta. The Melta guns are more for if you're going after heavy armor. And if you're doing that, if you're going Melta, you'll probably just throw machine killers and start them on the board. All right. So that's it's really just kind of how you want to build out these guys, whether you feel like you want to go Plasmas or Melta. Um, but they're in a Rhino with a panel-mounted assault cannons. So whether that thing's outflanking or starting on the board, um, it's going get, to get these guys where they need to go to get it out and deploy their uh, combi weapons. They're really, like I said, designed to be machine killers, but because you can pick your veteran ability before the game begins, if they don't really have a quality target to make these guys machine killers, uh, you can just uh, say, fuck it, and make them marksmen, which I do a lot of the time on my guys that are loaded out this way. And then for uh, a second elite choice, I have another 10-man veteran squad so in this squad, only two guys have combi weapons. And this squad, I would definitely make these combi weapons always meltas, combi meltas, because they're they're basically just for bolter fire is really what you're using this for. This unit's always going to be marksmen, and they're in a rhino with a pinnel mounted assault cannon as well. And you want to make those two guys uh, combi meltas just in case you get like a dreadnought lurking close to you, or you just get that. Uh, uh, every once in a while, you'll just find yourself you're in a situation where you're like, man, if I just had the gun right now. You know, I could get this, you know, good shot on this Scorpus Whirlwind or something like that. So that's what those are for. You just threw two, just two of them, nothing overkill. They're, it's just, you know, it's just not not a whole lot of points to throw at something to give the unit a little more utility. So that's your elites or the two veteran squads and rhinos. One's full combi weapons and one just has two. Um, for fast attack, I have a five, a squad of five attack bikes. All five of them have assault cannons and melt bombs. For the second fast attack slot, I have another five-man bike squad, or I guess it'd be ten-man because there's two guys per bike, but five bikes, five attack bikes with loaded the same way, five more assault cannons and melt bombs. Um, your Praetor and your Chap, you can put one each in each of these to have like two really good assault and shooting units, or you could put both of those guys in a single squad and have one really hard-hitting assault unit. But once again, going back to what I was talking about Dave's list, these are my go-to unit in my Blood Angel Armored Breakthrough. This particular unit right here does more for that list than anything else in the list are these attack bikes with assault cannons on them. They're my favorite Blood Angel unit that I've come across so far. Um, for heavy support, I kept your Leviathans, but I changed the war gear around on them, I believe. Let me see what you had. Uh, yeah, you had double. You had death yeah. blossoms, so I swapped them. So I swapped them around a little bit. So I have two leviathans. They're both armed exactly the same way. So they both have siege drills with melta guns, 
a single storm cannon, two torso mounted assault cannons, armored ceramite, and phosphex discharger. And then the main difference is I put both of the ones in my list in drop pods. That's solid. I mean, that's one way to get them in. And I do 100% agree with the changing of the Death Blossoms. Although I was a big, a big supporter of the Death Blossom for the longest times, I, I ran into too many instances where I was like, fuck, I'm stuck in combat, and I can't kill fucking shit because I have no AP to these <laughs> strength 8 attacks I'm dishing out. So, so the only... Issue I see with this list is it kind of sucks that one Leviathan comes in and the other one has to stay in reserve. It's not super killer. It is what it is. Yeah. It would be nice to get one other Dreadclaw in here, but the problem is, so like for example, these veteran Marines, I have them both in Rhinos. You could technically drop a Rhino and put a Dreadclaw in, but the problem is the way the Lord of the way this particular right of war is worded, it specifically states. If they can take a dedicated, if an infantry unit can take a dedicated transport, they have to take it. And then if they don't have an option for a dedicated transport, then you then must buy a vehicle that they have to go in. The problem is these veterans, because they have access to rhinos, they have to take the rhino. So you can't then obviously buy a dreadclaw and put them. I guess you could game the system and buy them a rhino and then stick them in a dread claw anyway, but that's kind of lame. Like I, I think that's, that's gaming the system. Like I just 35 point tax for some, <laughs> for a unit there. So it's kind of one of those things. You're just going to end up with an odd number of drop pods or an even number um, when you'd rather, have, but I don't really know what else to do. The only, this list is uh, twenty nine thirty five, by the way, Chase. So I left you some points that you can put into some other crap. Um, you could technically get rid of one of these entire leviathans, which would give you four hundred and thirty points, and then you already have, you know, sixty five points floating. And with that, those points right there, um, you could, you know, take something else, take a take a super heavy vehicle, or take a typhon. Um, take a bunch of land speeders, like whatever, and then that that would put you back down to the one drop pot if you don't want the uh, other one in reserve. I was just trying to keep your leviathans in your list, but you have options uh, if you don't want to do that. So this list, just to check the legality of it, because it's blood angels. So you have the praetor, the chaplain. So that's two. The two veteran squads. That's three, four. The two attack bike squad. That's five, six. So you have six units of legion astarte so you can only have six units that aren't so you have the three predator squadrons for three then you have the leviathans for uh four or five so you're legal so you have some rhinos and you have the drop pods in there but they don't count because it's dedicated the thing specifically says dedicated transports do not count so this list is uh totally uh legal as far the blood angel um, stipulations kind of thing yeah yep i dig it it's a it sounds like a fun fun list all around i mean you got some badass tanks running around and sorry about your rapiers bro but you know yeah i don't know what to tell you there i mean you can run them but like i said you have to buy You'd have to put them in dread claws. 
so yeah so looking at this you could like getting back to what i was saying you could get rid of that leviathan and just put one in a pod and then i know for a fact chase if he because he's already built some lists that he sent in if he already has the avenger strike fighters for the other list i built for him mm-hmm. you could get rid of to one of these leviathans and run a sorb over a wing of a couple uh, lightnings because getting because he's he's six six legion of stardies five non-legion of stardies so he's already yeah. one up if you got rid of the leviathan you would be two up and then you could add those two back in with avengers and that would put you right back at these that about this points level and the battlefield role that the leviathan was going to be playing anyway wouldn't be too different than what the avenger would be doing and you'd have just air superiority. Yep. So that's pro- probably what I would do. Plus, I know he already has the models. But if he's just wanting to run Leviathans that are Blood Angels with the nipple salt cans because he thinks they're awesome, he can always stick to this. Which I get it. <laughs> I get it. I ah. get it, man. <laughs> it's not bad either way. It's going to be good either way. <laughs> so, solid list, man. Solid list. is taking it from borderline illegal to something playable. So, I dig it. I dig it a lot. So, next list coming up is a 2500 Alpha Legion Jet Bike Sky Hunter Phalanx list. And this and this comes from Mr. Lucas Lyon, one of our Patreon supporters. So, there's no email to this, Ryan. Explain to me what's going on here. Because you said this was your favorite so this list to write. <laughs> this was my favorite list. It ended up being my favorite list uh, of the week. So this, this is what happened. So Lucas, he's our one of our patron guys. So in the patron chat, he just asked me, and he said, Hey, Ryan, I need a list with at least two Storm Eagles in it that's either Alpha Legion or Raven Guard. Do your thing. That's all he said. So I thought, okay, so what do I want to do? <laughs> okay. So Like that little like that so, African guy. In the, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the African uh, tour is, <laughs> this is so funny. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so that's so I knew that I had to do two Storm Eagles, and so putting two Storm Eagles in a list, I knew that I wanted some type of re- reserve manipulation, and I also knew that I wanted it to be just like really themey and stuff. So anyway, what I ended up doing was Alpha Legion. So I picked Alpha Legion. So we'll go through the list, and at the end of the list, I'll give you guys the, the fluff that I have for it. So for you, I took uh, Score. The reason I took Score is because Score can choose his Warlord trait, and one of the Warlord, he has to choose from the Strategic out of the current 7th edition 40k rulebook. Mm-hmm. So he, there's a trait called Strategic Genius that gives you plus one it allows you to manipulate your reserve rolls so you can basically get the benefits of like having a you know whatever that what's that rhino damn it a damocles rhino or something like that yeah. um so you're going to your reserves are going to come in on a two up he also allows you to it also allows you to seize get plus 1 to seize the initiative so uh it's going to he's going to seize on a five up normally if there was any other thing that would also give you a bonus to seize, it would stack because it's it doesn't say he seizes on seizes on a five up. It just straight says plus one to the roll. So I went with Sky Hunter uh, Phalanx just because 
because of the fluff for the list, which we'll get to at the end. So once again, the HQ is score. He's going to choose strategic genius as his warlord trait most of the time, and he's going to take the right of war uh, sky hunter failings. So for troops, the first unit, a jet bike squad that is six jet bikes strong. Two of them have Volkite Colverins, and the entire squad has Melt Bombs. For the second troop's choice, I have an identical unit. And then for the third troop's choice, I have an identical unit. So three six-man jet bike squads, all three have Volkites, max Volkite that they can have, and Melt Bombs. For elites, I have a 10-man uh, veteran squad. All 10 guys have combi weapons. No other upgrades. And then for the second elite slot, I have another 10-man veteran squad. All 10 guys have combi weapons um, with other upgrades. For fast, I have a Storm Eagle gunship, hull-mounted two-wing-mounted uh, LAS cannons. And then it also it has the, the gun on the top. I forget what the name of the gun is, but it's basically a two-shot whirlwind. Um, for the second fast attack slot, I have another Storm Eagle, the same armed the exact same way, missile launcher in the nose, two wing-mounted LAS cannons, and then the missile launcher on top. For the third fast attack slot, I have um, a single squadron of three Javelin Landspeeders. They're just the standard Javelins with the Twin Link Cyclone missile launchers. And then all three of them have been upgraded to have a, a panel mounted or a multi-melter on the top. So they're all three multi-melter Cyclones. And then for heavy support, I took a single squad of five Jet Bike Sky Slayers. Um, the Sergeant in the, the, the one of them has been upgraded to a sergeant and that sergeant has melt bombs. And then all the other, all of the jet bikes in that unit have multi meltas. So the fluff behind this list is you got the five jet bike squads or sorry, four jet bike squads and the javelins flying around like on the battlefield. And they're, they're looking for whatever target they've been sent to assassinate or destroy. And then when they find that target, they radio back to these Storm Eagles who come swooping in and jump out with their 10-man fuck teams with these combi weapon units, <laughs> which can teams. be either Meltas or Plasmas. Yeah, Tim. I love that and term. <laughs> another Tim another is, after they land and jump out of these Storm Eagles, they execute the mandate, like Tim likes to say. <laughs> so... Basically, that's the idea behind this list. So you got score will go in one of the squads of veterans. So you could do like one veteran squad could be like machine destroyer or machine killers with meltas. And then the other one could be marksmen with plasmas or whatever. And then what happens is they come swooping in. It's kind of like your God Slayer whatever list. Yeah. But basically, so the fluff is, like I said, the the jet bikes and the javelins are like a recon unit to find the target and then whittle down you know any support and then these two storm eagles come in with these you know two ten man fuck teams and jump out and execute the mandate take out whatever they need to take out execute the mandate <laughs> and the cool thing about it is mutable tactics wise pretty much any mutable tactics that you feel like at the table side will work for you you could go with so you could give this entire army tank hunter you could give this entire army counterattack. uh you could infiltrate all this shit the other cool thing about the uh sky hunter phalanx is at any point in time your jet bikes can fly off the board and then immediately go into ongoing reserves that they then re-enter the board from outflank i love it love the idea 
makes sense. I mean, just it's so uh, I guess just straight up malleable. Like like uh, like well, who is it? Bruce Lee said, "Be like water, my friend. Be like water." <laughs> like yeah. Depend on, but depending on what kind of army you're playing against, this army can 100% just like change itself around a little bit. So cool. what I do one of the ten man bets with plasma and one of it with melta, and then that way if somebody's hiding in a Spartan, you can jump because mutable you could go tank, tank hunter. So you jump with ten combat melta that have tank hunter and machine killer, so they're going to be strengthened melta guns with tank, tank hunter, blow that thing up. And then the other 10 vets have sniper uh, combi plasmas. Perfect. You proud of this list? You should be proud of this list. This is like a Godslayer like 10.0 list right here. Like, this is like. A, I like it a this lot. Is, this is like I think as it's Alpha a, Legion I think it's, Death Squad yeah, as it gets. I, I think it's incredibly strong. I think jet bikes are really good. Uh, I think javelins are good. I think the veterans are good. I think all that stuff's good. Storm Eagles are typically a little weak just because they're an assault vehicle, so people always want to put an assault unit in them. This list gets around that by just putting shooting units in. Um, so you don't you don't have that. You can come in on turn two pretty reliably because you're coming in on a two plus because of the warlord trait that you can choose with score. Um, so you can come in on that second never, turn. I've never seen a reliable Storm Eagle like in my life in any game I've ever played. Like so, so what you're trying to yeah. do really makes sense. And then the other nice thing you could do, you don't have to fly the Storm Eagles on like normal. You can just deep strike them onto the table. So if you deep strike them, you can deep strike them in the hover mode and then get out on the the very same turn that they arrive and then immediately start shooting. And the good thing about that is you don't have to get super close because you figure if you land between 18 and 12 inches away, which is pretty far out, you land there and then get out six inches and then you get to rapid fire or shoot your melt guns 12 inches. So you really, you have a wider bubble. You're not relying on having to deep strike super close so you can then assault or try to get into assault or whatever. So I think it'll work. And it, and it, it's, you know, it's what he wanted. He wanted Alpha Legion or Raven Guard with two Storm Eagles in it. So this is what I came up with. Yeah. So like you took the initial problem of the Storm Eagle, which is that you could be fucked by the Storm Eagle just like not coming on the table, and you yeah. completely eliminated that problem by taking Score, who's going to go ahead and, you know, give you plus one to your reserves or anything like that. And yeah, no, I dig it, man. This is like a, this is a very precision list all around, very very well thought out. Very cool list. Did he say why he wanted it? Is this for Texacon? No. Nope. Is this something for Texacon? I don't even know. I don't even know if it's his. I don't know anything. I was just old. It needs to be Alpha Legion or Raven Guard and have two Storm Eagles in it. That's where we started, and that's this is where we ended up. You made like this assassination list, like you like. You made like the next, uh, like Warhammer Fest like master list right here. Played correct, <laughs> played correctly. This list could take take the title. It could take it all. Oh, it it has a lot of scoring in it. It's got five scoring units in it too. So oh, oh that's, that's a... 
was there any doubt in my mind that there wouldn't be scoring in this list? Not at all. Not even a little bit. Solid list, Ryan. It's probably one of my favorite. Kind of makes like me. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of makes me regret uh, building my veteran heavy, new age Alpha Legion list that I have right now. It makes me want to go get some jet bikes. Well, you can always switch it up over this. There's not that and many dump, jet bikes in it. <laughs> dump some storm eagles. <laughs> dump those storm eagles real quick. But. So that's it, man. That's it for list. That's all. That's everything. That's it. So, anything else you'd like to add before we go ahead and close her out? Is there any more uh, armies coming out for um, for the? Oh my goodness, the Marines, uh, Toys for Tots. Is there any more armies on the way or anything like that? Yeah, so imminently coming out, they have a Space Wolf army that they he said is really close to being done, so look for that soon. And also, Perpetual Painting Dave is working on a Custodes army, too. O-P-P-D. So there's going to be cust- Custodes and Space Wolves coming out. And then, if anybody wants to donate to this, like get models for Jamie to use for this, um, they're also going to be doing an Iron Warrior and Night Lord's army. They have a bunch of Night Lord stuff, so if you want to do donations, they're looking for more uh, Iron Warrior stuff to do than Night Lords. But e- really, either of those two legions, they would take donations for, but Iron Warriors is what they're mainly looking for. Oh, there's a whole bunch of Iron Warriors players out there. A whole bunch of yeah. spare shoulder pads sitting around, I'm sure. So if you guys, if anybody out there wants to donate any of that stuff... um just hit me up on Facebook or hit Michael up or whatever, and I'll I'll basically just uh, PM you uh, Jamie's address or whatever. You can send it to me, and I can mail it to him or however you want to do it. But to down on cost and having to ship it, whatever, just PM me, and I'll give you Jamie's address, and you can send it straight to him, and then he'll get it to where it needs to go. Yeah, guys, would really, really love to spearhead some sort of campaign for these guys because, I mean, they do it every year. And it's just, yep. if we could get them any kind of help that we could offer, you know, spare models, anything like that, and get it get it over to them. Anything that you think an Iron Warriors or Night Lords army could use, or even like what a Space Wolf's army even, right? Well, th- those are almost done. So I wouldn't worry about the Space Wolves and Custodes. I think they have everything for that. And they're like almost done painted, like where they're going to be putting up for sale here soon. Oh, okay. So... Night Lords and Iron Warriors pretty much just yeah what they're looking for right now. I dig it. I love it. Good job, Jamie. You're a good person. All you, all of you free Buddhas are good people. Yep, so. for sure. So that's it for the show, guys. I'm going to go ahead and cut to a musical break, and then we got a couple of uh, event interviews I'm going to go ahead and replay for you guys. That way you can know about... Uh, Texacon and the Michigan GT. So go to the Michigan GT. Well, we'll go to both of those. But if up here, I'm going to be at the Michigan GT. It's super fucking fun. I went last year. Um, this year, I'm running a Dark Age event during the narrative. So it kind of. I mean, it's good that I'm running a Dark Age event, and that will be fun. But it sucks I don't get to play in the 30k narrative. 
On Friday, though, they're having that Zone Mortalis event. I'm already signed up for that. So you can play with me in the Zone Mortalis. And then after the narrative event on Saturday night, if you guys want to play pickup games with me, I'll be up there playing pickup games of both Dark Age and 30K. And then on Sunday, I'll just be uh, hanging around. I'll be circling the heresy tables like a shark, waiting for someone to fall out so that I can immediately jump in and finish up the narrative campaign. So that's my plan. (laughs) Just take your take your list guys with you, so you can just like, while Ryan's running his Dark Age event, just have him you know spot check your list for you, <laughs> Mister Kimball. <laughs> All the people at Dark Age event are yeah, like, who the yeah. fuck is he? Like, why is he so popular? But it's it, they have a uh, last year they had probably the best best terrain. Like it, it well Adepticon this year had really nice terrain too. So, I mean, regardless, I'm just saying like the these events are like Jeff. I'm in and all those guys. Well, I can't just say Jeff cause he's got a crew of guys, but the terrain and all that stuff for that event is just top notch. Like it, it's up there. So definitely go. It's a lot of fun. The events really good. And all those Michigan guys are good dude. Like hanging out with all of them. So you're going to have a good time. People you're going to have a good time. And if you don't, then you're just probably not fun to be around in the first place. <laughs> it's probably your fault. It's probably your fault. <laughs> So it's a good it's a good place to evaluate your own self image. So with that note, we'll go ahead and close out, guys, and enjoy this musical break. I'll catch you later, Ryan. Later, my cowboy. Cowboy. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'ma head out west Where real women come equipped with scripts and fake press Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint Buy an old drop top, find a spot to pimp Then I'ma kid, rock it up and down your block Go with a bottle of scotch and watch lots of crotch Buy a yacht with a flag saying chill in the most Then rock that bitch up and down the coast Give a toast to the sun, drink with the stars Get thrown in the mix and tossed out of you wanna, I wanna roam, find Motown, tell them rules and come back home Start an escort service for all the right reasons And set up shop at the top of Four Seasons Kid rockin', I'm the real McCoy And I'm headed out west somewhere Because I wanna be a cowboy, baby With a top left back and the sunshine shining Cowboy, baby
and welcome back, guys. Now, I have a special guest for y'all, uh, Mr. Jeff Crawley, the, I guess, the head man, the, the, head, the head guy over at the Michigan GT. I think you'd, would you call yourself the headmaster, the head guy? What, what kind of name would you give yourself? The Grand Competent? Well, I, I guess I'm one of the, the main organizers of the event. I don't know if I'm the head, but I'm a head. How's that? That's, that's fair enough. You're running the sweet Horace Heresy track, from what I recall. Yep, yep. I'm uh, I'm the one one who's heading up the Horse Heresy track. Uh, this year we're bringing uh, two Horse Heresy events to all of our attendees if they're interested. Uh, we're starting out with a nice light uh, Friday afternoon event. On Friday afternoon, we're going to be running um, a combination of some Zorn Mortalis and some Centurion style games. If you're familiar with the I Horse podcast, Centurion mode. Uh, they're they're big on the Centurion mode, so we're going to try it out. I played a couple test games with it, and it's a freaking load of fun. So we're going to bring that to the event and let our, our players get started off on a on a light, friendly note and see if they can get a head start on the big campaign that's going to be following that up on Saturday and Sunday. That's freaking cool. Does it? Uh, does the campaign is the like the Friday? Okay, first off, what day? Like, what day is this going down? What's the oh date? sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's kind of that's kind of important. Um, yeah, the Michigan GT this year is going to be October sixth through the eighth, uh, coming up here um, in a few months. And uh, this is our fifth year running the event. Uh, this will be the third year with Horace Heresy there, and uh, this will be the second year that we've done a map based campaign for the Horace Heresy. Uh, last year, I thought the map based campaign went extremely well. I was very happy with with how it played out and the participation. And how, you know, just how the whole thing worked. So I'm going to take what I did last year and add a couple little things to it here and there. Uh, and it should be a really cool, fun time. Uh, so what we're doing with this campaign, the Friday event is getting into the Saturday-Sunday event. And so there might be some things that you, you can accomplish on Friday that will carry through to your games on Saturday-Sunday. But they're not going to be huge things. So if you can't make it Friday, it's not going to ruin your time on Saturday-Sunday. It's not going to be like a, a must participate in Friday to enjoy the weekend. Um, so then on Saturday, Sunday, what we're going to do is we're going to have a um, – you're going to be asked to bring a variety of lists to play for Saturday and Sunday. So depending upon what location that you get assigned with the map, we'll determine what style you need to bring, and then you'll go from there. So, for example, um, one of the things – that we're, how we're going to make the list construction go is that everyone's going to be required to bring a base 2,000-point list uh, built with the standard Age of Darkness Army construction rules. And then what you're going to do is you're going to build, make two 500-point sidebars that have to go with that 2,000-point list so that when you have all 3,000 points together, it makes one legal army. Nice. But you can pull those 500-point pieces out, and if you take them both out, you got a legal 2,000-point army, or with one other, you have a legal 2,500-point army. So basically, you're going to have one list really equals four lists. And so then depending upon what zone you're in and what round you're in, it'll depend on what size game, what style of game that you're going to be playing. That's And so cool, what this man. does is it... Yeah, it gives a lot of variation, and then with the sidebars, you know, if you're going to be rolling up against, say, Astro Militarum, you might want to bring something totally different than if you were going to be going up against, you know, Sons of Horus or something like that. So it gives you a little bit of flexibility in your gameplay, 
And then it also allows for some larger scale games, some smaller scale games, so we can you know have the whole event run smoothly and, and wrap up at the time that we want it to wrap up. That is freaking cool. And where's all this taking place at? Where's it going on? Where's it going down? Sure, sure. The the Michigan GT, we're in Lansing, Michigan. Lansing, Michigan is quite centrally located in the lower peninsula here in Michigan. We're about an hour and a half, two hours out of Detroit, hour and a half, two hours out of Grand Rapids on the other side of the state. And then and if you're traveling from further abroad, it's about a four-hour haul from Chicago and Indy both. So if you're in one of those major metropolitan areas, you can get to us pretty easily. Um, the hotel that we're, st- we're having the event at is the Causeway Bay Hotel. It's in, in Lansing. Um, our facility that we're renting out there is 16,000 square feet this year. So this is the, this is the biggest space that we've ever rented from them. We've kind of experienced the first year that we did it, we started out with 4,000 square feet and they have this, uh, grand ballroom that's cut up into four sections of 4,000 square feet. Yeah. So every year, last four years, we've taken another section. So this year we're taking the whole grand ballroom at us. So we're really excited, uh, for Entire event last year we had oh it was it was about 325 attendees. Good, gracious. and we're looking to build on that again this year. Yeah, we we've grown every single year. There's no reason why we're not expecting another another growth again this year. Um, and if horse heresy isn't your thing, well, if you're listening to this podcast, it probably is. <laughs> but if you want to play other things too, we do have a, a slew of other events that you could participate in if you don't want to do a a 30k narrative campaign. We have a huge 40k event. We had 80 players last year in the 40k event. Um, we're shooting for a hundred in that event this year, I think. Uh, and then we have, you know, war machine boards and uh, infinity. Uh, Ryan's running some dark age. So that should be pretty exciting to have that for the first time. Um, man, so many, so many events. X wing. Yeah. We have a couple different X wing events going. Um, I can't remember what the name of that new, like star Wars dice kind of game is called, but that's oh. going to be there. Um, it's not my thing, so I don't really keep up on what the name is and all that stuff. But yeah, we have a lot going on. So um, the 30K event is something I, I put a lot of pride in. I take very seriously. Um, I put a ton of effort into the tables and the terrain. It's all going to be top notch. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's better than any of the terrain I've ever played at, as far as like in the store or another event, uh, with maybe the exception of Kimmel's Place. But that's all <laughs> his own personal terrain, too. So I think when you're playing on people, people's personal stuff it tends to get a little more uh tlc a little more time and effort put into it oh yeah um but it should you know people should be really impressed with you know the with the feel of the games uh the story of the games you know the look the feel i think uh, uh i think everyone who comes with having a narrative being played out before them will have a very very good time that sounds fantastic, man. Is there like a, a storyline behind this behind this whole thing? Do you have like a little narrative built up? Like what's what's going on? Like in the do you have that already already wrote up or anything like that that you could like maybe like tease us a little bit, give us a little snack? Come on. Yeah, sure. I absolutely. Um so basically what happened last year is there was this uh the Forge World Lucius was being uh, fought over between the Loyalists and the Heretics. This was at the two thousand sixteen Michigan GT. And last year, the heretics beat the loyalists and forced them from the Lucius system. They took control of the Forge World. So the loyalists have retreated to the, um, to the system that this is being fought in called the Urubutsin system. And okay. the name of that was 
brought up by uh, Zach Pageant, so we can hate on him for that really hard to pronounce system <laughs> name. And just, he just yeah, he hit so you revenge, too many times. So revenge is due there. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cheese or Pete's. And so um, what we do up here, uh, I'm part, part of a group called Horse Heresy Michigan. And so as a group, we get together for four events a year, with the final event being at the Michigan GT. So we've already had two other events this year, um, and we, we rotated around the state. And each one is a, is a small sub-game leading up to the year's finale at the Michigan GT. So in the January event, uh, we had a bunch of the indie guys come up for that, which was a really good time. Um, we were fighting for you know, some small planets in the system. Again, the, the heretics whooped up on the loyalty, loyalists and, uh, and caused some, some issues amongst the, amongst the loyalist position in the system, causing them to fall back even further. And our last event that we had uh, up in Flint, the loyalists were able to rebound a little bit and actually gain some foothold in the system. So we have another event coming up here uh, next month, and that, that's going to be in Wixom, Michigan, which is just outside Detroit. So if you're in the area, um, you can look us up on Facebook at Horse Heresy Michigan. You can get any information that you want to if you want to attend that event. And um, and then depending upon what happens in that event, we'll lead into what's going to go on here at the Michigan GT. Uh, but it's looking like the Friday event is going to be centered around uh, smaller space stations and moons. And then Saturday, Sunday, we'll be going to more planet-style assaults to see what you can do to either take the system or or fend off the, the traders trying to trying to take more more of a foothold from the loyalists. I love it. So fighting over a forge world, man, what a man. That's, that's what most campaigns are running on these days is uh, <laughs> some forge world that the loyalists and traders are trying to take over and the poor mechanic I'm stuck in the middle. Just no fucking clue what to do. I love it. Yeah. Forge worlds are freaking important. You know, they're hugely important as far as the logistics of the entire war. You know, if you control the bullets, you can win the war. That's right, man. That's how it is. Heck yeah, man. I'm, I'm super excited for you guys. How many spots y'all have open? I think you had said like 30-something. Yeah, the the event is enough space for 32 players. Uh, we've sold almost half of those. So there's, I think, 17, 18 slots left out of the 32. So if you're considering coming, I wouldn't waste time getting tickets because the tickets have been on sale for three days, and we're already pretty much halfway sold out. Holy shit. Where can I get those tickets at? Sure, you can uh, come to Michigan. MichiganGT.com, and you can handle everything through the web cart right on that site. Um, you can also find more information out about uh, getting updates on the event and stuff like that if you just uh, find us on Facebook at MichiganGT. And uh, I'm, I'm always wondering, I'm always curious, is uh, fully painted required on this on this little guy? It's event? for closers. <laughs> fully painted is for closers, and you got to be a closer to come. Oh, I love it. They'll stop you at the door. They'll slap your army out of your hand if they see plastic. I've seen them do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, we do require fully painted. Um, it's. I have a very strong opinion about that. It's just, it makes the event so much more immersive when you have you have your own painted army and you're going against someone else with a painted army. It, it makes a huge, huge difference as far as the, the experience of the event. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're going to have some sort of... Uh, um, best painted or anything like that that people can look forward to if they want to bring their yeah. display boards or anything? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be giving out some awards and stuff like that. Um, 
we won't be doing awards based on winning or losing games. Um, everything else, it'll be based on, you know, if your fellow generals like you, uh, if they like your paint job. Uh, there might be some, you know, if you some other little doodads in games that you might be able to do to win prizes. I haven't totally worked that out yet, but I do know for a fact it's not going to be based on wrecking phase. Nice, nice. That seems like the standard, man. Like there's there's a beautiful, beautiful standard going across the uh, the land right now with. That I've noticed that other uh, other countries don't do so much, like the display boards and stuff like that. Or, but you know, th- I'm I'm very happy to be in the the game community right now, where you know, uh, display boards and being a cool dude are rewarded instead of uh, wrecking somebody's face and <laughs> destroying their army on the table. I love it, man. I'm so glad oh, you're following well, up with that. Absolutely. Sure. You know, then isn't that kind of what playing horse heresy is all about? You know, I mean. Most of us are playing this because we you know we were tired of the meta that, that was going on in 40k prior to this. So you know we've come to this because we like themes, you know we like stories, and that's what we're doing. We're building a story and building a theme and having fun while doing it. I love it, man. I love it. Well, uh, so you heard it, guys. Go check out Michigan GT. Uh, I believe it was like around episode. 30 or so where ryan got back from the michigan gt and he had a recap of going over recap michigan gt so if you go back you will actually see on one of our episodes where ryan actually talked about going to michigan gt and how badass of a time he had hanging out with jeff and uh so i'm pretty sure it's gonna be a great time and and i'm I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the pictures that come out of that come out of that area and so it and i think we had kind of mentioned a lot of the uh, closer cities i know that uh, what? How far of drive is Toronto? Like four hours. So if you're in that Toronto area, like even Ottawa, I know there's an Ottawa Horse Heresy group. Just do yourself a favor and get a passport and come on down. Come on down to America and come give the Michigan GT a try. You'll see some sweet, sweet armies and play some sweet, sweet Horse Heresy games. And yeah, def- yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah. Uba Gugu, whatever that. Uba 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 Yeah, I think I think next year I'm just going to name the planet Paget. <laughs> you gotta capture pageant. <laughs> yep. And well, uh yeah, Scott came last year with Kimmel as well and uh yeah, we had a good time. Oh, we should have had Scott on here so he could tell how great of a time he had. So anyway, man Jeff, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you uh uh I guess uh selling your event to everybody I'm, I'm pretty sure that people are gonna have a good time i appreciate all the effort you're putting into making it a kick-ass event just from talking to you for a little bit i can already tell you're pretty passionate about making this one of the best events you can and then uh sounds like you got a great group of guys you're running with oh thanks Monty. i appreciate the time absolutely so uh next up i'm gonna go ahead and uh we're gonna hear about a little event called texacon so y'all hang out for a second and we'll go ahead and get mr lucas in here and welcome back, everybody. So you just listened to Mr. Jeff Crowley talk about the Michigan GT. Now I have another badass event coming up that needs to be discussed. Coming from the Lone Star Legion, we got Mr. Lucas on the line. What's going on, Lucas? What's up, man? So, Lucas, so word on the street is there's an event coming up near, what's it, like near Dallas? But what's what's the actual I know Dallas like has all these like weird little towns around it. Like, what's the actual town it's in? Yeah, it's uh it's called Hearst, Texas. It's like 
It's like 10 minutes or, well, it's like 10 minutes from the airport. It's probably like 30 minutes uh, west of Dallas, like downtown Dallas. So it's in between Dallas and Fort Worth, if you're familiar with the Metroplex. And this little event is going to be Texacon, right? Yeah. So there's other stuff going on too, but we're running the 30K events there. What day is Texacon going down? July 7th, 8th, and 9th, 2017. So, like, is Texacon, I'm guessing it sounds like a big-ass convention. Like, it doesn't really just, like, just sound like a normal, like, just horse heresy event. Like, it looks like, it sounds like you're going to be be able to get, like, uh, Jason David Frank's autograph there and shit like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not quite, but it is a it is a pretty big event. Like, like uh, it's a lot of RPGs and stuff, and they're just now branching out to miniature wargaming. Like, they've never run 30K or 40K there. They've run War Machine, I think, what? and X-Wing. Okay. But they've never run 30K or 40K there. And so we got approached by one of the guys who runs the lo- one of the local stores got approached to do the 40K. And he approached us to do the 30K because he's not as like big into that. He's more into 40K. Powerful, powerful Lone Star Legion. How many how many spots do y'all have open for the 30K event? 30. 30 spots. Do you know about how many? Because ticket registration is already open, right? Tickets are... Ticket registration's been open for a while. Uh, they opened it super early. It's been open for like two or three months now. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, it was open real early. We just got added to the uh, like the badges not that long ago, like probably a couple weeks ago. But they've had they've had the tickets open for a while. They have Infinity Bolt action as well. Like they got a bunch of stuff. That's they're super. really branching out this year. Dang, dude! The only only one game matters though. That's gonna be the, right. the horse heresy track. So tell me, man, so let's say I go pay my $40 for a Horace Heresy track to go to Texacon. I want to go get my, you know, my, my Horace Heresy on at this big, massive event in Hearst. What am I going to see Friday, man? What's going down Friday? So on Friday, we've got some, like, we're going to be doing small, G- some are going to be GM-moderated, some are going to be more standard where you have an opponent that you fight but they're going to be small squad based games so it's like an hq that doesn't have master of the legion or orders the high techno arcana or anything like that so more of like a second level hq like a centurion or a moritat or a chaplain or whatever and um one squad of dudes to go with them so like uh you know like a command squad or you could do what everybody else is going to do and do veterans yeah but for units that aren't um, like that aren't standard like dudes that have jump packs or jet bikes or whatever there's gonna be some cool opportunities for those units to really shine over some more standard like so you can pick veterans or you can pick terminators or uh you know those are going to be pretty common choices but there's also going to be place for destroyers or jet bikes or assault marines or something that has like you know, an alternate way to move around or an alternate way to fight in combat. The most, the most common choices may not be the best. So those are going to be on Friday. There's uh, spots for 16 players to do that. And then we're going to have some open tables to do some other missions that you could, we can do whatever, whatever you want. We could do more of 300 points, which is the small format missions, or we could do 2,500 points on that Friday. More open. That's fucking cool, dude. And so will all that affect uh, Saturday's gaming? Absolutely. That's going to be where you really find out 
the intelligence that you need to bring the loyalists are going to find out the intelligence they need to bring the traitors to battle no shit that's pretty cool man that sounds like a good time and then what's going on sunday so on sunday on saturday or on sunday 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 because it sounds like basically friday is going to be like a bunch of like tactical strike stuff that's going to get you intel and stuff then it sounds like saturday is going to be like a like a, just your your average heresy gaming day, like I'm guessing. What, yeah, they're gonna, it's points? gonna be pretty. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty standard. Twenty five hundred points. Uh, there's uh, there's gonna be custom missions based on the you know based on the terrain and the narrative and everything, but it's gonna be what you would come to expect out of a normal narrative event. Like, dope. And then what's happening on Sunday? So Sunday is a three thousand point mega battle. So it's three thousand points per player. Uh, we're going to push a bunch of tables together and do like some big battles. And then uh, those are going to be no single wound models allowed. Your 3,000 nice. points. Keep it running. Those vehicles it running and like super elite stuff only. Where we don't have, yeah, we don't have a bunch of dudes trying to move 50 man militia squads around and keep them two <laughs> inches apart so that he doesn't get hit by templates. Jack. We're going to keep it moving. <laughs> and. Uh, Beside, alongside, there's going to be 16 spots for that, and then the other 16 are going to be for, or 15 and 15, sorry. The other 15 are going to be for uh, more of the small style battles that are, that are going to go alongside the mega battle. Some of them may be even on the same table with the mega battle, and they're you know not going to be able to be targeted independently or anything like that, but they're going to be teams on each side are going to be fighting to do things like bring down a shield generator or bring stuff you know, bring like a defense platform online that they can use to tar- that they can use the mega battle to target enemy super heavies or titans or whatever. Oh, I love that, dude. I love when like little games affect the big mega battle going on, especially like, especially I, from you guys or the Lone Star Legion. You got like yourself. You got like John Stanford. You got you know John Christensen. Like you got everybody that can just like yeah. manipulate and like make great things happen and make they're they're so like involved in the narrative like oh yeah it's gonna be so john stanford's a real driving force behind our you know behind our events he's like i would consider him the founder of our lone star legion and you know he's he's powerful he got a lot of tables got a lot of ideas his missions are always great so we're working with him to definitely to bring this event to put this event on he's he's the he's the brain the brain trust behind the uh the powerful powerful right asteroid table that we always talk about <laughs> yeah basically uh i'm just his uh i'm just his peon <laughs> doing i do it Love. so he um yeah this is his whole idea i like the uh uh what do you call it the because from what i've been hearing from you guys i mean this sounds like uh it's gonna be Pretty much, I, I want to say like the standard that's been set by the Horus Heresy, uh, the Horus Heresy group that it's going to be like a fully painted kind of thing, and it's not going to be a reward for being an ass kicker out there. It's going to be a reward for being like a cool dude. And... Absolutely, um, it is fully painted. There, that is the requirement. But the cool thing about this event is that all three days are you can do whichever one of the days you want. You don't have to do all three if you don't want to. It's for Forty dollars because we don't. It's forty dollars for all three because we don't really control that with the you know with the Texacon. You have a bat. It's basically just the same badge, so they don't have daily badges. So, 
but you don't have to play in all three days, so it's pretty cool for like a beginner, somebody who doesn't have a full Horus Heresy army painted, to participate in two out of the three days, all you have to have is 300 points of dudes. Like, one dude and one squad. 300 so, points of like the tactical like strike kind of version. That's crazy, yeah. man. That's super cool. I might paint up a 300-point list just to take over there. Like, 300 points yeah, of you something can play that whatever you never you expect you are, Michael to play. Yeah. You're going to have to play Loyalist or Traitor. Uh, all three if you participate in all three days but you don't have to play the same uh like faction you don't have to play the same legion huh i might you don't even have to play in the black card one either might take 300 points of my uh my sand my sand people my talarn looking dudes just a whole bunch of 300 points worth of uh uh Oh, why can't I remember their name? Not Astro Militaire and my militia. If I can take 300 points yeah. of militia. Now, the thing is, it is uh, going to be single. Um, like, you're going to have a single troop, elite, or fast attack unit in a single HQ. So it can only be like one dude? One dude? No, per, no, oh, no, no, no. A unit. And they all operate separately? A right? unit. Like... No, we're not playing by tactical strike rules. Oh, shit. But it's a similar style game, so they're not going to operate separately or anything like that. Obviously, your character can join and leave as he wants, but it's going to be fast. It's going to be fast-paced. There's not going to be a lot of, like, where you got to move each individual guy and shoot each individual guy. It's going to be designed with that in mind. Fucking bad A, dude. So, for everybody going out there uh, that's coming in, are display boards welcome? Will there be will there will there be a uh, a painting prize or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a prize for best painted. Um, where the idea has been tossed around to give a bonus for people who go above and beyond. Oh, so, <laughs> so if you're planning, there's going to be a uh, yeah. There's going to be a. There's going to be a full like event pack come out soon. Uh, we have like a event primer that kind of gives you like all of the restrictions for the three for the three day events. Those are found on the event page. The link to that is found on the event page. So that gives you like the painting requirement, exactly what you need for the. Uh, it's called Blackguard One. Those are our tactical strike events. That's the name that we've given it. So for the Blackguard one event, it's exactly the restrictions on what you can bring. Since that's nowhere near the standard format, so there's going to be restrictions there. The restrictions for the twenty five hundred points and the restrictions for the mega battle; those are all there. I love it. it sounds awesome, man. I'm looking forward to going. I am totally looking forward to being there. And from what I understand, it looks like Mister Pretty is going to be going with me as well. Yep. So. I think he said uh, Jay. Jay's coming too. What? Yeah, it's gonna That's be a dope ass time. Said. What's uh? You know? Do you know the drinking policy of Texcon? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm sure we'll I figure don't. it out. We'll find out the hard way. If we're getting escorted out. We'll know. <laughs> we'll be right there with you. So 
<laughs> we'll be drinking mimosas, bro. Yeah, we'll just we'll just find another venue real quick. <laughs> Our own venue out. with with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out, guys. Texicon. That's what July July seventh through the ninth. Seventh through the ninth in Hearst, Texas. Go check these guys out. The Lone Star Legion guys, all super awesome dudes. Love them, man. I think the last event that I went to with you guys was fucking stellar. That was ran by you guys, so I'm definitely looking forward to see how this game, this event goes down. So I appreciate you coming on, Lucas. Appreciate you shouting out your event, bro. No problem, dude. We'd love to see as many people as we can out there. Like I said, it's got a 30-man cap, and we've already got a couple sign-ups. So we expect that to kind of you know get more sign-ups the closer it gets to the event. Um, there is a... You can get your badge when you get there. There is a walk-up option. It's no more expensive, but it may be sold out. Don't be too late, guys. Don't fall into the trap. Make sure you get your badge early. Get it. Get it. We've got the link to. We got the link to the badge and the link. The link to the uh, the event primer and all that stuff on the event page. So if you go to our yeah. So if you go to our Facebook page, so facebook.com slash Lone Star Legion 30K is the URL. Our, the event page is located there. Um, it has a long URL that I'm not going to read. I'm sure you'll link it. Just look out for that sweet, sweet Kurt Metz art. Look at that. Dang. That sweet Yeah, we have had design. some cool art that we have made up. You'll see that on some stuff at the event for sure. Maybe some goodies that we're going to give out. Love it, man. Love it. Y'all are doing so much. So, sounds good, man. Appreciate having you on. We're gonna close this out and let uh let everybody get to their driving. We'll go ahead and put some put some music on for you fellas. Sounds good. So, Thanks for having me on, and we'll hope to see y'all there. Y'all have a good one, guys. <laughs>